Ah, good old angry Irish music. (laughs) Right? Is that what he called it? I don't remember. Uh, No, you called it like angry boy trash Irish music. Folky Irish music. I I don't don't remember. I don't remember. Anyway. Uh, it's the new top podcast. Uh, it's episode 70, seven zero. We're old. Pretty awesome. Yeah, I should stop moving my mic. It fucking sounds terrible in post. You what? <laughs> moving. Oh, that's okay. Mine just slid off the table. So. Well, oh well, that's awesome. Um, I'm a little tired still. Uh, this last weekend was Comic Con. Um, I was telling Jess though. Yeah, but you guys sit like sit in panels. Like I walked around that floor for eight hours nonstop, except for the times I stood in line and the two panels that I went to. Yeah, we, I mean, we walked the floor a lot too. It's exhausting that cement floor. Yeah, we we walked the floor a lot, but yeah, we definitely go into panels. That's that's our favorite part of Comic Con, personally, um, at least for me. Um, I should get sidetracked. Like I had tons that I wanted to go to, but then. I just get either stuck in lines or buying art. I bought 11 pieces of art. So we we kind of have a pact. We we are actually... You're arted out? Well, it's not that we're arted out. We just, we have so much art and so few places left to put it that we've decided that if we buy art, you know, like we'll buy comic books. We bought coloring books from an artist that's out of Idaho Falls that came down. I was going to buy you a Voltron print from one of my favorite artists there. But I didn't. But we, um, we've we decided we're just going to buy originals moving forward. So we'll just find one that we really like or an artist that we really like and commission work with them uh, and get, get some originals. There's so. one guy there that does uh, prints out of words. So like dialogue. And I, I've i talked to him like four different cons. <laughs> like I'm like, I promise I haven't forgotten you. I really, I really want to commission a piece from him. So yeah, I, I think we saw that guy. Um, it's good stuff. I commissioned our, our podcast artwork at Comic-Con. Yes, she did. Yes, she did. Um, also we, uh, so we, we, we went all three days. We didn't stay downtown like we have in the past, uh, which was kind of nice because we went down early. We parked in the Salt Palace. Oh, which nice. is freaking awesome. How much was that? Like 14 bucks? $14. And what's crazy? Less than the parking lots that are further away for 20 Yeah, parking lots like I half park a block away. I just park in the corner of Olive Garden. That one's about 13 Yeah, down under the Hilton. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, across the street, down the street, there's, you know, open air parking lots are 20 bucks for the day, which is... City not- Creek is like 25 yeah, and it's not bad. I mean, I can't really bitch about parking in downtown Salt Lake at that level for a big event like that. Because, I mean, Saturday there were over 120,000 people there. And to complain about parking prices there, you should just go check out parking on the East Coast. Go check out parking in, like, Boston. You're paying... Public transportation. <laughs> yeah, it's really expensive to park stuff down there. So, um, I used to park in Sandy. The first few, and I would take tracks up, um, but then I decided that I just really like getting in my car at the end of the day, and that I'm willing to pay the extra like ten bucks. Well, like for us, you know, Thursday was a was a bit odd. We didn't know if we were going to if Bree was going to work in the morning or not, and have to be downtown anyway for work. Um, and then was it Friday that we had to come back and do some stuff? I don't remember. No, I think Friday we ended up there all day. No, we were there all day. But Saturday we we had we went there early because we wanted to go to the farmers market. We had a farmers bre- market breakfast. I know. I thought about it, but I didn't 
I didn't get moving fast enough. And then we had the soccer game Saturday night, which was freaking awesome and cold as shit. <laughs> it's got rained on. Only my feet were cold. Yeah, I mean, it was raining the entire game. It didn't stop once. But it wasn't just rain. Like, it was a freezing rain. Well, it was cold rain, but it wouldn't have been so bad had it not been so torrential at, at times. So by the end of the game... I think you got your jackets. Yeah, like the last 20, 30 minutes of the game, <laughs> everything was just so wet that it was just getting ridiculously My cold. wallet is still wet. Like, my boss needed change for a 20 yesterday. <laughs> and I was like, oh, I think I might have change for a 20 because I still have a bunch of cash from Comic-Con. And I pull it out and it's damp. And I'm like, I promise it's just rainwater. He's like, <laughs> looking at me it's all too, weird. It's too cold for butt sweat. Uh, yeah. It was, my wallet was just, I usually don't even take that wallet. If I would have taken my regular wallet, everything would have been fine. But I didn't want to have to switch wallets. And uh, anyway, it's a whole thing. Yeah. So, but I, I thought it was, it was a fun weekend. Um, they brought back a lot of the panels, um, not just the celebrity stuff. And I think the vendor floor this year for me was much better. So there were, it felt empty, but they said that there was the same amount. Like that back room felt a lot more empty. Well, I think it's because they pushed all they, there's the celebrity row and the, the photo op stuff. They really did a much better job of keeping it away from the general area. Then it wasn't in the way and we weren't in the way of them and there weren't random people wandering through lines. And, and I, I think where they put the food was actually a decent place and it wasn't so much. Like it was a little bit better done by the Salt Palace in terms of the lanes and not being so obnoxiously, you know, space taking up. And their food sucks. That's it's why terrible. you go to the Cambodian church. Yeah, they had huge lines the whole time. I didn't really? Get a Every single there. time there wasn't a line that I went to. Every, it, so. Every time we went, there were at least 30 people in there. <laughs> yeah, and so that's because it's the only thing that's good. Sushi yeah. burritos, okay. Well, but. and there's, you know, food trucks outside, but there's, you know, there were so many good uh, restaurants nearby and Dine Around was going on that we you actually guys did went. It? Yeah, we actually went to, uh, we actually went to Gracie's. What the heck? Where's my invite? Um, well, you were at work, I think, because we did that Thursday morning. Thursday morning. Well, not yeah. Yeah, it was, like it was afternoon Thursday. morning. I can always get out of work. I have a cool boss. Yeah, actually, we recorded something at Gracie's too. You did. I'm gonna, I'm gonna play it. Hopefully, it's not too late. So it is uh, Thursday uh, before Comic Con, about an hour and a half or so before the doors open for VIP, and we decided to go have lunch at Gracie's uh, Pub, right uh, just a couple blocks away. It's part of the dine around. Um, we did not choose to eat what they have on the dine around menu, which was shrimp tacos, which sounded really good. Um, we both had our eyes set on something else. Um, but Gracie's is a real nice looking place. It's a sports bar, obviously. Um, Got a nice long bar, some good tables downstairs, a great patio. Uh, and we're looking at their custom-made wine cellar rack thing, which is really nice. Wine cellar rack thing? <laughs> it's <good. laughs> well, it's not just wine. They have whiskey and vodka and other high-label, high-end scotches, at least for America, up there. So it's not just whiskey, or not just wine, but they do have quite a few bottles of wine. I'm enjoying a lovely Moscow mule made with effing vodka, so that's tasty. Yeah, so that's... Uh, we were Everyone likes a nice rack. We, 
It is. It actually is a really nice room. It doesn't just have wine though. It's got a bunch of different stuff in there. I've only um, I've been there only two times. One time we James and I sat on the patio, and then the other time we sat inside. I was not impressed the second time. So that was I, what I had. I really enjoyed the food. I had a steak wrap that was freaking delicious. Their fries were really really good. Um, I've been there twice, and the first time I was we went out on the patio, and I was unimpressed. Um. I was with a friend who is vegetarian, and so we got the nachos, and we asked for the meat on the side, and it was totally unseasoned. Like, it was just, just I call it scrambled beef. Just ground beef. But it was just ground beef. Like, it was just, there was, like, nothing in it. But um, I had the turkey, avocado, and bacon sandwich on that's Thursday, and it was really good. Their bacon was really, really good. And that's the first time I've been there to eat. I'd, I'd been there and had a couple of drinks before, but never any food. Um, and then, I, I mean, that's with the exception of before when it was Club Naked, and I've been there lots of times when it was Club Naked, but that's forever ago. But uh, I like the Was building. it really Club Naked, or was it Club Naked? Naked. Like with N-E-K-I-D? A, no, N-A-K-E-D, Naked. That's how you say Naked. Um, but anyway, I, I liked it. Uh, the dine around, actually, the people at the table next to us had their dine around lunch option that day, which was a couple shrimp tacos. And it looked, they looked really good. I was trying to convince Chris to go over there and ask him if we could take a picture and interview him. And he was like, not while they're eating. <laughs> yeah, That's just weird. Um, but we did have, uh, we, that was just us actually kind of playing around with our new recorder. So we got as a podcast, a new, uh, remote recorder. Just mobile audio mobile now we're gonna stick recorder. our mics in your face <laughs> and so we were uh we played around quite a bit so we're gonna pump in a lot of uh different sounds from from the com the con we interviewed a lot of people so we'll talk a lot about comic-con uh here in just a little bit um but uh, that was our weekend so there's a lot to talk about we're down a man we are down a man so jeremy is on vacation with his family uh in disneyland and they sent us pictures of a completely empty theme park <laughs> Really? Like they sent us pictures, like the Pirates of the I Caribbean. I thought they were just ride. sending us cool pictures of different rides they were going on, and I was like, "Oh, that's cool." No, I'm pretty sure that was just empty lines. <laughs> like, I'll show you. There's like no one in line for Pirates of the Caribbean. Completely empty. <laughs> like, I guess they know the right time to go because uh, I would go bonkers if I went the same time. November is pretty time. good. March was pretty good too. Yeah, I mean, and we're we're in September, and I gotta imagine September because back to school and everything else. No one's really going to Disneyland, so. But uh, we have Baron von Ebo here, the wiener dog. He's uh, the peach pit and wiener dog. Yeah, yeah, the peach pit, peach pit pup. Is that what we're gonna call him now? He's a noisy little dog. He really is. He just walks around and goes. <laughs> That's just a dachshund thing. Is it really? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Just sounds like he's whining the whole time, but he's not whining. He's just walking around. We were very concerned at first that he was missing his family. And then he'll be laying there and he's just fine. But as soon as he gets up and walks, he's like. <laughs> and he hasn't figured out how to get up onto our bed yet. Am even I though we have showed him the stairs several Those times. Those pictures look like empty lines, don't they? Sure. Some of them. Not all of them. Some of them are just signs or something. There's a picture of a cup. Which I don't know why he's sending you guys pictures. You guys hate Disneyland. No, I hate Disneyland. I don't think Bree <laughs> hates it. And I don't hate it. I just... No, I hate it. Like, I should be getting them because I, I love Disneyland. You I, don't like Disneyland. <laughs> I think I would like it more 
if I was drunk the entire time <laughs> and I went at a time where there weren't two-hour lines for everything. That will never happen. It's Disneyland. So when I so I went in November and I went in March and both times we were like, oh, like, was it busy? And I was like, that question is kind of relative because it's Disneyland. It is always busy. But you also ride single rider. There's like three rides you can ride single rider on. That's not true. Yeah, it is. Almost all of them have single rider lights. Nope. The ones that I went on did. Nope. Splash Mountain, Indiana Jones, California Screaming. The Soaring Ride did. I don't go on that ride, though. What? That's a good ride. They did a good job. No, I like the old one better. No, there were lots of single rider lines. Like five. But maybe. maybe you just don't go on those rides. No, I went on most of the rides. Anyway. It's neither here nor there. I don't enjoy it. <laughs> I don't like standing in lines, um, especially not We didn't for. really stand in line in Disneyland. We stood in line in Universal Studios. Oh, my God. Those were the worst. Those there's were like, no fast passes Because at least in Disneyland, like, there's some kind of entertainment that you're, you're enjoying while you... Universal Studios, you're just in a fucking line for, like, two hours in the hot-ass sun. The only ride... They have misters. The only ride that was really good in terms of like cooling you off a little bit was the Jurassic Park ride because it was surrounded by water and it was misters all over the place. But by that point, I was just done with that fucking park. I don't like standing in lines for shit. It's not worth it. (laughs) Which is why we get VIP so that we just walk into shit. Oh. I'm I'm writing stuff down, and so it goes dead silent. Cause well, because Jeremy's not here, and I'm eating popcorn. Maybe you need to stop. Stop eating. It's almost gone. Good, good. Well, we're going to do events now anyway. So what's going on this week and next week and into perpetuity? Oh, you know things. All right, not, events not are over. Let's, uh, let's move to news. <laughs> um, <laughs> you didn't want to do news this week. Um, so most important this week is the 28th. Our good buddies at Oleo. Uh, they are opening a brick and mortar shop. And it is on about 2100 East and 2100 South. And they will be open 10 to 4. Um, you could go in and say hi. They'll also be sharing a space with Amy's home cooking. And I don't know if I've talked about them to you guys before, but her. I don't think so on air. Her maple habanero spice is amazing. And I would eat it on everything if I took the time to cook every day. <laughs> and she just does spice blends. She's yep. local. She creates her own spice blends. And they're pretty good. They're amazing. They've done a lot of smell. And they last a long time, too. So done a lot of smelling at the farmer's market. <laughs> I'm going to try her coffee one next. Um, anyways, so go say hi to them and visit their shop. Um, this week is also the 4th West Oktoberfest on Saturday and Sunday at Mountain West Cider. And it's uh, Saturday 12 to 10 and Sunday 11 to 6. It's $5 a person, $2 for your mug. You cannot drink without that mug. So... Um, I mean, you can just go hang out for the five bucks, but if you want to do drinking, and it's a cool collectible mug, and um, we have some from last year that that we got. Also, on the thirtieth, time and place, you know, because Halloween is about thirty-five days away. Uh, creepy terrariums they're doing, and they're super cute. They're like these little glass jars with a 
plants and the eyeballs in it. I don't know. There was awesome the picture that she had. Um, we talked about last week the uh, esports meet and greet uh, for their first season is this weekend. We've talked heavily about that program starting up at the University of Utah. And so this is a good opportunity to kind of get out and see what the program is about and, you know, these gamers and their sports sporting like <laughs> um then uh next weekend um the there there's another really cool event at Mount West Cider there do you can go and help them press cider no way yeah so green so for their green lunchbox series that they do every fall they're looking there they have sign up sheets um for the 4th and the 5th um, the fourth is from eight to eight, and then the fifth is two to eight. Um, you can go to their Facebook page, uh, Mount West Cider, and then it's to help prep for the cider that gets released in November. So that sounds like a lot of fun. I know, right? You can be like a real Lucille Ball. I need to go see those guys and get some uh, desolation. You need to try the Stillwater, the one yeah. that was in the um, in the bourbon. The bourbon yeah, cast. I do, I do. They just released that, didn't they? Yes, like about a month ago, I, I think. St- I still need to get my hands on some Desolation because that stuff is really good. It's one of my favorites of theirs. Uh, also, this the 8th is the last urban flea market of the season. That is off of uh, Main Street and 6 South in the big parking lot next to Robin Coffee. And it's super fun if you like collectibles and antiques and repurposed things. I like going. There's a really cool record vendor a couple months ago that I bought some cool records from. And uh, Folk Hogan, they have a show on the 6th, that Piper Down. That would be fun, right? We love them. I like Piper Down. It's an appropriate place for Folk Hogan. As (laughs) you can imagine from the name, it is a uh, Irish pub. It is. It is. Um, On the 5th, if you have $50 and you like cheese and you like chocolate, Chocolate Conspiracy and Heber Valley, cheese are doing a cheese and chocolate pairing. Sounds interesting. Yeah. So that's from 7 to 9 at Chocolate Conspiracy, which is right next to Ruby. Snap on Third West and mm. and Eight South. You know, if I go, you know, I just want chocolate. If I go Thursday over to Oleo, I'll probably go by Ruby Snap. You should. Because I'll be downtown. I'll have an excuse. I'm trying to think of what her cookie is this month. I don't even remember. I really need to go over to Oleo. Delicious. <laughs> That's all. Yes, it's delicious. <laughs> um, also, a reminder that Halloween Expo is the 13th to the 15th. Um, so make sure to be getting your tickets. Uh, we will be there. It's going to be awesome. Oh, um, yeah. We went through last week the list of all of the really cool things that they're going to have this year, um, back and in addition to. So I'm excited. The, yeah. hair, the hair thing is going to be really cool. It just yeah. blew me away. I'm excited to see who they bring from uh, Face Off because I don't know if they're bringing the same people or if they're bringing... Uh, New contestants, old contestants. I don't know because they're technically some old. The, some of them are funny motherfuckers. Uh, sure. All of them were awesome. <laughs> I think they were all amazing. Um, and then um, four more farmers markets, guys. That's it. Four more it's on Saturday. Bit. Yeah, and all then I think they usually give like a week or so, uh, maybe even a couple weeks, and then they move over to the Rio Grande. 
And so it is limited. It's not quite as food oriented as the summer one is because growing season's over, but they still have a really good amount of, of, uh, vegetables and like the meats and stuff are there. And then like bubble and brown are there. So I was talking to, uh, um, what, what did they call themselves? Porta pierogi or something. So it was pierogi and Puerto right. Rican fusion. Yeah. Uh, and they're trying to get into the winter one. Um, but, uh, we had some discussions. They're really good. Well, they usually just have food trucks outside of the winter one. And it's the only, they're, they're the, uh, they're only there. That's the only place you can find them right now. Uh, but they do pierogies that are filled with Puerto Rican stuff. And oh my God, we had all six that they had available and they were so good. Bree and I split Mm -hmm. them all. So go hit them up. They're nice and hot and fresh and not too expensive. And, uh, you won't be disappointed. That dough was so good. Yeah, they did a really good job on it. Oh, and Bubble and Brown did not disappoint. What did you get from them? Like, like everything. <laughs> like Chris just kept pointing at things. I'm like, um, you know that we're going into the con. It's like, I would well, like, for later. I would like to get Andrew on, but he wakes up at one o'clock in the morning to do all of his baking. And so it, well, we'd have to do some yeah, time a, magic. We had a chocolate black pudding thing. We had a... Uh, some black pudding. Whatever it was a, it was a like a, I don't know what you call it. It was a pudding. It was like it was English, a chocolate pudding, like an English pudding, like an actual pudding, not like pudding the pudding, but like a pudding. Not like Bill Cosby pudding. No, not J E L L O. But that was good, and and Brie had a peach tart that she said was good. I don't know. I don't like peaches. Peach and thyme one. There was a yeah. There was a. A raspberry coconut bar that was out of this world, I thought. I had a fig bar a couple weekends ago that was really good, but fig season's a over. A couple of these little brioche muffin things. That those really are good. good. The orange cardamom ones, those yeah. are really good. And that one, and they had a chocolate one that we tried that I liked. Um, so amazing news is that ne- this weekend, actually, I think this weekend, we might be lucky, and their maple pumpkin scones are the best thing I've ever eaten from a bakery like it is so good he uses real pumpkin it's i think i bought like two or three dozen <laughs> last year. well I, t- I took them to people but i mean they were i was like to everybody i was like you have to try this you have to try this and so uh that should be soon you guys will have to try that it was so cute there was a little boy so chris went over to get the pierogies and i was i was waiting for the coffee order and then i walked over there to decide what i wanted and while I was waiting, there was a little boy there who must have been with, I think it was an aunt and an uncle. And um, he was trying to decide what he wanted. And you could tell that they must go there every single Saturday and maybe, I don't know, go visit them other places and stuff too. Because as soon as the guy saw him, he greeted him by name and, what are you having today? And And he was little, like he was maybe six or seven at the most. And Oh, today I think I like he just totally knew what he wanted and what he was going to order. And he like people there were other adults who were just standing around and and he was like, you should really try this one because it, 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 it just go. It was really cute. It just he must really just love them and, and must get a treat, get to have a treat from them. Every well, and you guys are lucky that you went early because no joke, he sells out by like 11 o'clock every Saturday. All the bubble and brown guys. Yeah. yeah. They need to make more shit is what it sounds like to me. <laughs> Maybe he just doesn't want to be there all day. 
Well, it could be. I mean, also supply and demand, you know, be able to charge. No, it's, I think it's a bit of, um, like being your own worst critic and underestimating yourself and that people really like, even though they do like, that's what I get from him when we talk. So he's always really, really nice and friendly. Um, anyway, any other events? Nope. Uh, I've got, I've got one as we usher the dogs out of here so they're not just loud and, and whiny. Um, so <laughs> I know it's a few weeks out, but October 22nd is RSL's last home game. Um, <clears throat> it's a two in the afternoon, and it is a uh, uh, it is a uh, against Kansas City. It's probably going to determine whether or not we're in the playoffs for sure. Potentially fifth, seating. Right? What? Ranked number five. Yeah, right. That? Right now we're fifth. Uh, and, uh, but you know, we, we really kind of need to win out to secure playoff spot and probably still get some help. Uh, we'll know they call that last day, actually decision day. Cause a lot of things, you know, seating and playoff picture is, Wait, is finalized October 22nd. So Jeff and I were talking about that today and I was like, well, if Chris was here, he'd be able to tell you like which teams need to lose and which teams have to win and, and all of that kind of stuff. Hold on. Okay. And which teams, um, you know, can need to do what to for us to get into the playoffs. I said, but all I know is some people have to lose and we have to keep winning. <laughs> I mean, it's really it's really complicated and, and convoluted if, if you want to look at percentages. I mean, RSL roughly has a 55% chance right now is what uh, most of the experts are saying. Um, that will change, you know, come tomorrow, Wednesday, uh, when a bunch of teams play. Uh, and then again on Saturday. So RSL has two away games and then one home game left to play. Uh, and their season is essentially over. Um, but there may still be tickets. I'm, I'm not sure. Um, it's, it's interesting that tickets are a little bit more available a lot of times towards the end of the year because it begins to be colder. Uh, but uh, I would get them now. Um, chances are they're going to be hard to come by. Uh, closer to the game, so uh, get them now, and then you know once RSL makes the playoffs, it will be uh, uh, a challenge for you folks to get playoff tickets if you're not season ticket holders. But <laughs> that was that was my <laughs> um, that was my you have tickets and they don't laugh. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm a die, I'm a diehard fan. I stuck with it through the really shitty season we've had uh, early on. So, um, but you're like a Dolphins fan. No, because they are never good is the problem. I know, but then the people still stick yeah. by I'm them. I'm like a jazz fan. No, that's like a Dolphins fan. Jazz fans and pretty Dolphins much. fans are, are pretty similar. Yeah, pretty much. yeah we're going to go to a couple games and uh, watch your team lose. So, Again, first professional sports championship, uh, you know, Division One professional sports, I should say. Uh, RSL, still the only first team. So the Grizzlies have won their minor league. Have the Bees won? A title? Do you guys know? I don't, I don't pay attention so. to they're, that stuff. They're both Baseball. looking at me like fucking sports, really? That's what you're asking us about? <laughs> so, I, you know, I am I'm a big sports fan. I'm also a big geek fan. Um, and, you know, Comic-Con has done some things in the past where they brought some, some sports people locally to do panels or whatnot. Um, but I enjoy sports. I know that that's not really the, uh, the group that, that gets a lot of enjoyment out of sports there. There are some. Uh, but, uh, you know, one of the things that I thought was interesting, I don't remember who said it, Jess, but they said, one of the people you interviewed said, uh, try something new. Do you remember who it was that said that? 
No, I thought I only interviewed like 10 people, but you said I interviewed like 15, so clearly I don't remember anything. Do we want to play some of these interviews? And uh, Sorry. That's Bri, really clearly. Wow. Do we want to play some of these and uh, and listen to them and talk about them? Sure. There's a lot of them here. Yeah. All right. We'll start with this guy. All right, I'm here with artist Matt Page, and he does an amazing series of Garbage Pell Saints cards. Uh, oh, yeah. You know, local local fandom of, of LDS culture and uh, and all things uh, Book of Mormon stories. My question for you is, what is the one thing you would tell people coming to the con that they must do before leaving? Ooh, um, I'd say they need to go through the whole thing, and it's going to take a long time. So wear good shoes, because the place is big. <laughs> the place is big. You're right. Thank you so much. All right, that's, I'm here uh, with artists. Oops, that's just what you were talking about. That it's it's so big that you've been that you you uh, you were in a concrete paradise. <laughs> All right. Well, somebody was complaining on the Comic Con page about it only took them like three hours to get through and blah 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 and i was what like what are they doing sprinting i'm like yeah. it takes me like three hours to get down one aisle <laughs> like i don't know what like, you're doing even if you go quickly <laughs> down artist alley just glancing at what they have hanging but you still have to go back and like look at it like yeah. i looked for one artist probably for an hour if we couldn't find her and finally i stopped in and I just happened to ask another artist who had a Mary Poppins piece, like, hey, I'm looking for this elusive piece. And she was like, oh, I actually just happened to buy a piece from her. So this is where you can find her. And I was like, we walked by her two times. like Because like there's both sides. And if somebody happens to be standing there and they don't have a very like large booth or whatever, it's so easy to get distracted by the next booth's cool stuff and be looking at it and just walk past. Well, and especially when there's, I mean, there's so many people in those spaces too, so it is easy to kind of get shuffled through, even if it's not intentional. But there's so much stuff. Like, I don't even think we saw everything. I think we still maybe missed a few booths. Oh, I I know we did. And because the the one morning that we just spent the, the early hour just walking through Artist's Alley, like... That was just us kind of doing a little recon. There were a few things that you were looking for and a few things that I was looking for. And we we mostly walked through fairly quickly to find those things and make note of those things so that if we didn't have time later, we could at least go back and get those. Yeah. And and we had to end up, you know, going, okay, we don't, this panel can go. Like we want to have more time to walk the floor and we try to space it out so we, we get a chance to, to maybe grab a quick bite to eat or a snack. Although I got to say, I mean, truthfully, uh, there's not a lot of time to sit and eat. And so one of the things we didn't do this year that I kind of missed is is we take snacks a lot of times with us to eat granola bars and, and what have you to, to keep us a little bit energized. And we just didn't stop and get anything. But yeah, the panels are a great break for you know, from walking the floor because you get to sit down for, you know, 50 minutes in a panel or an hour. So sometimes it's hard to get back up though. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. It is true. Or sometimes the little shithead behind you won't keep her fucking feet off of your goddamn chair. How do you really feel about it? You were like hangry at that point, I think. I wasn't hangry. I was irritated. I even unhooked my chair from the. So she wasn't even sitting directly behind me. She, she was, was 12. She was sitting to the seat to the to the left of me behind me. And she was putting her feet on the legs of the chairs, which are they all touch, right? I have right? All- 
Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so they touch, right? And so she's she's doing that, and she's not just like leaning her feet there. Like she's bouncing her feet, and she's moving her feet, and she's wiggling. And then she's did, like did, a kid. Did, yeah. And like I said, it, she was twelve. It, 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 so, like, finally, I unhooked my chair because I thought, well, maybe if I unhook my chair, like the vibration, like it can scoot it enough away that the vibrations won't bother me. <clears throat> but no. Apparently, the leg of my chair was further back than the leg of the chair next to her. So she just kept putting her foot on my, and I kept looking behind me at her. I kept being frustrated. Chris was like, just trade me. I'm like, no, because then she'll just be shaking you. Although he probably wouldn't notice it because he is the biggest wiggle ass ever. Like, it's up, it's down, it's lean back, it's sit up, straighten my shorts, put my leg up, put my leg down, take my shoes off, put my shoes back on. What's in my bag? What's in your bag? What's in my pocket? She's still hungry. The popcorn did not satiate the beast. That That's like my having somebody have their feet on my chair or wiggling my chair is like, it's a huge irritant to me. Don't touch my chair. Don't bug me. Don't, don't pounce on my chair. Don't bounce me. Don't, and, and don't wiggle next to me. Like I can sit still and it bugs the crap out of me when the person next to me can't. So, Oftentimes, Chris gets yelled at because he is the biggest wiggle ass I have ever met. He's more wiggly than my kids. But I don't get paid as one of the wiggles, so <laughs> just going to throw that out there. Wow. Maybe you should cosplay that. I dug deep there. You did. Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to play this next one. Um, yeah, the see. one that you just started a second ago. Yeah, Out there, Johnny. Johnny Worthen here in front of me who looks amazing in tie-dye as usual. You always wear that hat. Well, and I love it. It's my, it's my Comic-Con hat. I, I only wear it at Comic-Con now because it's too fragile for anything less grand than this. You know, I have one that I wear on Thursday, a bow, every Thursday <laughs> of Fanex and a Comic-Con, yeah. So I'm with the new Utah podcast, and I want to know what is the one thing you would tell Comic-Con goers they have to do before going home? What do you have to do before going home? You have to go to a panel that you have no interest in to find out how, what you're missing. Stretch your experiences out. Sorry if I hit that. But go, go to something that you know nothing about. If, if you're not an anime fan, go see the excitement that people have about anime. If you're not a Harry Potter fan, see the, the love they have of that. Try something new. Get outside of your fandom and experience that. I think that's an amazing answer. Thank you. What are we doing? That was, uh, Honestly, that was probably my favorite answer that you got to that question. So I see him every con and I've never had a conversation with him before. I didn't know he was an author and he's so nice. He's really super tall, but he always wears his tie-dye shirt and his tie-dye top hat and he's awesome. Yeah, and I thought, I mean, that was a really good answer and I haven't actually thought about doing that because when we look at panels, we're like, well, what sounds interesting? What do we like? And so we we go to a lot of... of the common things that you already have interest in. Well, but we also go to like civic-minded panels, meaning, you know, we did a panel on, on racism and geek culture. We did a panel on... Um, I wanted to go to that dystopia. one. Uh, yeah, the dystopian present, man. That was a fun panel. Um, actually, we have uh, a little bit uh, from that. I'll, I'll play that now. Uh, we interviewed... So so Mark Ava, one of our, our good friends that we'll, we'll have to get on the show sometime, 
Uh, he and his wife Brandy were there, and uh, Bree interviewed Brandy ahead of his. I, I pre-interviewed because he was on his way to a Rick and Morty panel that he was on afterwards, and I knew he would be like anxiously in a oh, rush. I did catch it, him, and he was like, "Is this for the podcast?" They already talked to me, and yeah. I was like, "But they didn't ask you this. Yeah, they did, you did, we did you not because we we pre-interviewed Brandy, and then we just barely interviewed well, and, him, and then no, he's he like, was I gotta go, go. I gotta go. He was going to the to the Asian the Asians. Oh, busting that's out right. Twenty seventeen right. or whatever. Right. Um, but anyway, so he was. So that was a really good panel. But I think maybe next year we do choose a panel that's something we're not super interested in, just just to see. I think that's a good suggestion to broaden your horizons a little bit. Um, you know, we went to a uh, well, well. We'll listen to Mark, and we'll talk about some more panels that we went to, or Brandy first, I guess. Hey, Brandy, you're on the New Utah podcast right now. So we're talking to Brandy because I just want to stop right there. <laughs> Because I gave, I was it to, doing a, I, I was like, what? I what gave it, to, I gave the, the recorder and the mic to Bree, and I'm like, hey, interview Brandy. You wouldn't think she talks in a mic every single Tuesday, and, and she and she started out with, hey, Brandy, because she thought yeah. I was just fucking with her. I did. I thought and he wasn't was just really, like, like, and I had already set it to record, and so I just kept it because it sounds ridiculous. It's awesome. <laughs> I was like, so I was, that's why I was being like silly, like, hey, Brandy, what are you doing? But as soon as she recognized, you can hear it here in just a second. We'll start it over. As soon as she recognized that she's actually recording, she stops <laughs> trying to be funny. <laughs> Hey, Brandy, you're on the New Utah podcast right now. So we're talking to Brandy because um, her husband and she are friends of ours, and we love them dearly. And so we're sitting here waiting for her husband's panel to start, and we're talking about, um, what is it? It's the Asian comeback, right? Uh, Asians, fighting, Asians fighting back in pop culture. So it's kind of related to a, the panel that we went to yesterday about um, geeks and, um, what was it, racism. And so the gentleman that's going to be on the panel is sitting in the front row, and he's friends with the guy on that panel. So they were talking about that. And so Mark's going to be on this panel too? Yes, he is. So what did Mark do to this is total this panel? This is total like golf talk between these two because because – it is the panel is going to start soon. It's going to start like any second. And so they're trying to be quiet and whisper and get a quick little snippet in, um, but it's just, well, yeah, he did this. And how, <laughs> how did he prepare? Well, and Brandy well, you know, wasn't prepared because I don't think she was expecting no, she didn't that expect at all either. At all like either. you just threw us at microphones, and we're just like, that's why okay. it's so great. I love this is one of my favorite clips of the the whole weekend here. So I'm gonna keep going. Um, he has done a little bit of research about the different the ratios of people of different ethnicities being represented in movies and film. Um, Is it both in front of this, in front of the camera and behind the camera or mostly just the actors in front of the camera, just the actors. So one of the things that they talked about at that panel the other day was that getting representation behind the camera so that like cultures are writing for them so that they actually sound culturally representative is actually quite important too. So did you learn things while Mark was doing all of his research? I didn't really learn anything because he usually talks a lot and um, that's kind of normal for me. <laughs> yes, I- I've heard tell that you uh, you tell him in the car, uh, yeah, shut up, dude. <laughs> I hear the same things a lot, but he does a lot of research. So, yeah, he's a smart guy. So we will be interviewing Mark after this if he has a minute or two to just kind of stop by and say hi to the new Utah podcast because we wanted to have him on for a while. But these guys kind of live a ways away, and they both. 
I'll just stop there. I don't need more explanation. Yeah. But uh, so this, so Mark and Brandy. Um, this is why I don't do interviews. No, I thought it was great once you recognized that it was not a joke that yeah, I actually was recording. But I still had recording. to kind of like whisper. <laughs> it was it, it was probably not the most appropriate time, but it was it felt right. So uh, anyway, um, you know, Mark and Brandy, it's funny because Brandy does actually tell Mark to shut up in the car sometimes. So they live up in the Ogden area uh, and they work down here. Do they both work down here or just Mark? I think they both uh, she do. Must, she must work down here somewhere. Because they carpool down. Yeah. And so Mark does tons of research. He writes for Big Shiny Robot. Um, does he write for Bleeding Cool as well? I don't think so. Um, and I don't know what else he, he does. He writes comics. Yeah. He's, he's a part co-author. Of of, City Strangers. And, and uh, Craptionated comic stuff, which, by the way, it's... Okay, so Salt City Strangers, if you don't know about Salt City Strangers, it's a local group of... What? Am I clipping? Yes, really bad. Um, let me turn myself here. Is this better? Let's see. can't even hear myself. There we go. So Salt City Strangers is a... Uh, it's a comic that... Uh, just maybe that's why, because I can't hear myself, so I'm talking too loud. Is that better? That's a little better. Anyway, uh, Salt City Strangers is a comic of superheroes. Um, it's very LDS s. LDS. It's not very LDS esque. It is all about the LDS culture. But so it's like the the superheroes are the goal is the lead. Uh, who Chris Hoffman, one of the originators of the comic and writers of the comic, uh, always comes to Comic Con dressed as. Um, and so that if you know Utah, the seagull is or the California seagull is the Utah state bird. Yeah. Cause that's appropriate. <laughs> uh, well, it is because the California seagull is what saved us from, yeah, you yeah. know, massive crop problems with crickets. Yeah. 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 Uh, and then there's den mother and scouting is a huge thing here. Um, there's golden spike because promontory point in Utah where the uh, golden spike was driven in, uh, for the railroads meeting. Um, I don't remember all of them, but they're all. <laughs> I mean, that's basically it. They're all like Utah oriented and themed, uh, heroes. Um, so, uh, he writes for them, but Craptionated Comics is a little side piece that they all started. So there's a whole bunch of comics out there that were published in the, you know, the thirties, the forties, the fifties, kind of the golden age of comics. There's just tons of them. And most of most, not most, but a lot of them have run out of copyright. And so you've got all these great panels that you can take over and write your own words for. <laughs> and so that's what they've done. They've taken these old comic books uh, and, uh, you know, erased all the words and uh, put in new bubbles where they needed, uh, taken over some bubbles and written their own stories to go with these comics. And they are crazy. They are not safe for work. It is definitely like PG-16 or rated R or whatever you want to call it. Very adult-themed, but really hilarious. So. Mm-hmm. Anyway, you were talking about Mark. Yeah, so but Mark does tons of research for all the different stuff that he does. He reads a lot. Well-educated guy. Uh, and he tends to tell Brandy the same shit multiple times. Uh, kind of like someone else I know. <laughs> so she, She'll just tell him to shut up sometimes because she's already heard it. Uh, apparently he tells her to shut up too. Like sometimes yeah. <laughs> she, she repeats herself. <laughs> but they are like the most in love couple. Like they're just, they're sweet. That racism in geek culture panel was really good. Um, so the first thing is, this was the first time it's they they do it every year, and I think this was the first time there wasn't a white guy on the panel, which I think is important. Jay made comment of that when he was 
uh, moderating the panel. It was all people of color. Um, but it was funny that lady that got up to ask the question that she, I guess she came in too early or she came in at the wrong time for the panel and it was a bunch of white people. And she's like, I walked in and the whole panel was a bunch of white people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, and really the, the, the focus there was, was about, you know, what is it going to take to get more, people, more people of ethnicity involved in, in culture. And uh, uh, Tui, uh, Mike... Involved in culture? In, involved in geek culture uh, and in geek movies and comics and everything else. And, and Tui, the guy that owns uh, the Watchtower Cafe, a uh, local coffee shop, uh, Mike Tui, I don't know his last name. He just goes by Tui. Uh, big, big, big dude, big, tall Polynesian dude. Um, he's like, you know, he's very handsome and he was dressed like, um, he looks Aquaman. like, he looks like fucking Jason Momoa or Jason Momoa looks like him. I'm not sure which he doesn't have to dress like Aquaman to look like Jason Momoa, No, but he was dressed as Aquaman. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, that was one of the things he was talking about. Cause he said, you know, for a long time, the only real Pacific Islanders we got was Lilo and Stitch. And he's like, it's a great show, but you know. It's it's a little girl with a fat nose and her only friend is an alien from another world. Yeah. So he's like, so it's not like we get, you know, there's not a lot of, of, of that kind of play for us. He's like, I was so happy when Jason Momoa was cast as Aquaman because now I have a cosplay that I can pull off because I look just like Jason Momoa. <laughs> but they were talking about some of that stuff um, and, and some of the impact on characters like the the new Spider Man, the the what's his name, Miles um, something or other, but he's he's an African American guy that's Spider Man instead of your typical Miles Morales. Yes, and there was a, a cosplayer there dressed as as Miles Morales, yes. as the Miles Morales. Spider-Man. So like he wasn't wearing his mask like on purpose because if you wear your mask, then you can't tell that you're black Spider Man. So I mean, it's just a lot of discussion about that, and and the big thing that I took out of that, what you were talking about, Bree, is is it needs to be more than just cast, just the just the stars. It needs to right. more, be more than just Black Panther as an actor. We need to get more black people, and not just black people, but Islanders, you know, Mexican. If people you have of an color. Islander character, if you have an Asian character, if you have a an Indian, and I mean dot, not feather. I'm not trying to be racially crazy, but but if you have those or dot. But if you have those those kinds of characters, then to make them sound right to the rest of their culture, you should really have people from that ethnic background writing Writers, for them. Directors, right? Because then you have someone who actually understands it. It's just like any show. It's better if the the people who are writing it and directing it actually have a real knowledge of what's going on. Like if I go out and I do a screenplay about having two daughters, it's probably going to be fairly realistic because I have two daughters. If I go out and try and write a screenplay about, you know, gaming, it's going to be unrealistic because it's just going to be whatever I can find in research and ask questions about, but I'm not going to have that intuitive understanding of, you know, when somebody's saying something, why it sounds wrong or the placement of things, why, why it's off slightly. Like I'm not going to notice that where someone, when they're writing for their own culture, speaking for their own culture, directing their own culture, they're going to notice 
you know, weird things like apparently thumbs up in some cultures is just like flipping somebody off. And so you want to make sure if you're writing for a culture like that, you know that because if you don't and you constantly have your character doing a thumbs up, everyone who sees that character from that culture is going to be offended. And, you know, I wish we we went to another uh, panel on um, Disney princesses and basically racial appropriation with regards to Disney princesses, because as we've started to see like cultural appropriation. Yes, that's what I meant. But like, as we see like Moana, for example, right? They, they portray Maui as this buffoon, right? Well, Maui is a revered portion of Hawaiian culture. And, and the sad thing is that panel didn't do a good job of actually talking about cultural appropriation and what it really means. They, they, unlike the one that, that Jay was moderating with, with the rest of the panelists who were real and said real things about how, how life really is. These guys, I think were kind of holding back and I'm sure cause there were probably more kids in that audience because it was, you know, quote unquote Disney princesses. But, you know, they brought up that, that aspect of, of appropriate, you know, of, of Moana maybe making Maui not actually representative of what, what he stands for in the actual Hawaiian culture. Yeah. And is that a bad thing or a good thing? Because it's exposing people to that culture that maybe wouldn't get it otherwise. Um, but it's not exposing them correctly. But it was also kind of a weird view because like she, she took this view like, like we all actually thought that the Maui was pulling islands out of the ocean and maybe I'm just smart enough to realize that, that that was not, well, you are, but you're not a six year old little girl. Yeah, I guess that's and true. I, and that's what you have to keep in mind is, is Disney is exposing them to these cultures, but they're doing it in a way that's, you know, grossly inaccurate. Look, look at movies like Mulan and Pocahontas and, you know, Mulan's fantastic in that it, it teaches girls to be what they want to be in a lot of ways, right? And you don't have to be the stereotypical princess, but it's full of all kinds of horrible racial stereotypes because it's written by a bunch of white dudes. And and that's just kind of the way a lot of those shows are. So, I mean, but there's, so that's one type of panel that's at Comic-Con is a lot of those kind of more open discussions on, you know, LGBTQ, on race, on cultural appropriation, on you know, as as a as a geek uh, and as a fan of something, not dogging on other people's fandoms. So, I mean, the, the Johnny. This just always goes back to Johnny Warden for me. Like that's it's a great way to expose yourself to another type of fandom to see why people are are so excited about it. Maybe it'll convince you to watch something like. Jess is con- seriously considering watching something that John Barrowman is in because after seeing his panel, she was impressed by him. Oh my I God. probably won't though. <laughs> Hands no, down. But, but I, I mean, I can watch him on social media and appreciate him like his character and as a person, but. But I mean, like it makes you stop and think, oh, what a, did, did I miss something? But he doesn't play like him and his characters are not right. anything alike. So. Well, and that's, that's acting, right? But right. I got to say. Well, I'm actually going to interject on that because that is media. Like the celebrities are a big deal to me just because I have been such a fan of pop culture since I was little. Like I don't even remember. Which is why the washed up it's celebrities been, are such a big deal to you. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I say washed up loosely. I mean. So you're right. Um, so this weekend, John and Joan Cusack 
were at our Comic-Con. And for me, that was uh, like, there's only one other person that would probably be like on top of meeting John Cusack. So they had their tables next to each other. And I mean, completely like night and day in personalities. And we're talking like siblings. Mm -hmm. Like Joan was just like hugging everyone and, you know, fist pumping and, and just smiling and laughing. And, and John had his hat on for the first part. He had his sunglasses on. Um, he might have been hungover. No, I, I really, he, I, I think he he's some, such an introvert. Yeah. Like, just, I mean, he was very, very nice to every single person, um, which is great because I heard horror stories and I was really, really nervous. Um, you know, but even I got up there with my picture and, um, you know, hey, like, I'm so nervous. I don't even know what to say. And he just like shook my hand and then fist bumped me and he's like, don't be nervous. And, and uh, and I showed him the picture that I had bought off of this artist collective called Society Six, and he wanted to know where I got it. And he like pulled out this like crumpled up post-it note and like wrote it down. And and uh, you know, so seeing like John Barrowman's personality in real life versus like what he plays on TV, like I I love how he is in real life. You know. So remember, remember. Uh I'm kind of disappointed. I didn't get to go to um, Michael Rooker's panel this time. Oh my time. gosh, it was amazing. Okay, so you were there. So remember, <laughs> we talked to Chris Provost a few weeks ago about celebrities that did stuff that was just really hard. And and Michael Rooker, he talked about the fact that he jumped off stage and he ran around the audience and was was just a real problem for them from a, a security and a safety standpoint. And he did it again. Well, so yes and no. Um, they they brought on this weird guy who I don't know. He's part of a a website that I don't remember because the it was really awkward. Basically, Michael Rooker was like, "I don't need to, like I don't need you on stage." And then when Chris tried to like take him off, it was weird. He's he actually stood on stage for probably ninety percent of it, just talking um, and answering questions. And then like the last maybe five minutes, he went down and did like his quick like through the audience. Okay, like, so it was a little bit different. Yeah. And actually he was standing right in front of me and I was like, please don't ask me a question. Please don't ask me a question. <laughs> like I just want, unfortunately a little baby behind me started crying. So he went over to that, but I did meet him because I wanted to talk to him about this movie called the Belko experiment. No one else that I know has seen it except for Carrie Jackson. <laughs> and, uh, he did like this brief, like meet and greet. And I had Gil around my neck and he was like, what is this? Your surface bed? and i immediately was like yes like i didn't even hesitate so it was really really funny but yeah his his panel because he's just like all over the place and he doesn't ever like directly answer a question so i gotta i gotta ask you though did gil die yeah, I gave him a proper burial how, last night. How quickly did he die? Like two days. Oh, so he lasted the whole con, yeah. being jacked up and carried around yeah. on a freaking. So for those of you that don't know, it was who we're like it was about, yesterday. It was yesterday morning. Jessica went uh, two different costumes. Actually, uh, she went as Bob from. Uh, what about Bob? Bob Wiley. And and she. <laughs> and so she, her first her first she had her own day. baby step. So first Comic Con day, she doesn't dress because nope. she has to work. No. I always wear the same thing the first Comic-Con day. I always wear my Captain America shirt that I bought the very first Comic-Con. And I have a little headband that says, pow, that I always get compliments on. People so, think it's a clip because my hair is so thick, so it just looks like a clip instead of a headband. So, uh, so, but it was complete with Gil. 
So the fish yep. in a jar wrapped around her neck. I talked to a little kid in my coworkers line for like five minutes about my fish. You just want to talk about the fish. <laughs> I was like, your line's moving. <laughs> Get away from me. I don't like little kids. No. She does he hate was kids. Cool. Is that tough for you walking around Comic-Con with your totally. hatred of kids? It was. She, this is all Don't worry. You're going to hear her uh, interview Corbin. and uh, He's my favorite. But he's I, the coolest. I got to say, okay, my favorite, my highlight of the of the con was absolutely Barrowman's panel. I knew it would for be sure. good. Because he's he's been here before and he does good panels. He but. just wore that outfit to Dragon Con. I think it was Dragon Con, and I was like, oh, I so hope that he brings it, and he did. Yeah. So there are just so you know, there's a, there's a lot of videos out there, uh, out on out on uh, the interwebs of of his panel. So he comes out. They play the little video. Wonder Woman. And as 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 they like play the video, spin. his his publicist comes out and pulls the chair back that he's supposed to sit on when he's out there. You know, yep. he has no moderator. He comes out of the goes dark. Music starts playing. He comes out. He's got this full cape on. He's twirling around. He takes the cape off. He's it's wearing heels. It's the Wonder Woman theme song. Yeah, he's wearing heels and little tight booty shorts and a Wonder Woman top. And he's doing like a Wonder he's Woman got the, symbols. The thing on his the crown, the crown. thing, and and he, he's got the the wristbands and he keeps crossing them. And it was amazing. It was awesome. So he's like. Hello, Salt Lake City. And then he looks over and he sees a Wonder Woman made out of Legos that they had. The done. Wonder Woman yeah, Lego. She's like six feet tall. Yeah, it's like a, it's a life-size Wonder Woman yep. made out of Lego that they had commissioned for, for the con. He goes running down the ramp, climbs up on the he platform. Goes, oh, my God, what is this thing? And he goes, he goes for And it. he goes up and he stands next to her for some photo ops. And he's like, uh-uh, sister, or something like that. And jumps down, <laughs> runs back up on stage. But like that's how he is. Like if you it's, just watch his yeah. social media, and it's amazing. So there were there were a couple parts in the panel that were great. Um, I was really so disappointed that. because Chris didn't wear his kilt that day. So he asked who was wearing kilts, and like twenty some odd people uh, and got up their hands. on stage and, and he walked said, over his face. Yeah, yes. he said, "Okay, come up on stage," and he's like. I'm going to see which one, he, which of you are true Scotsman. <laughs> Was there a verdict? Because he, he's Scotsman. No, he no. just acted shocked with but everyone. He he laid down on his back and made them all walk across his face. And Step over his face. They didn't walk across his face. <laughs> and some of them, like some of them, were great because they like got down and like shook themselves on top of him. <laughs> but was, I was really disappointed that Chris didn't have his kilt on. Although I have a feeling that even if he had, I wouldn't have been able to convince him to go up on the stage. Oh fuck no. That's not my thing, uh, but the only uh, the the other piece of that panel, and this is this was really, this was cool to me that he was in this thought process at the time. But someone asked him a question about um, it was a uh, I think it was a, a service woman that was a that was a lesbian that said that he was a real inspiration to her, and he told a story about when he actually came out publicly. So for those of you that don't know, he's he's obviously a, a gay man. He's not obviously um, a gay man. He's he's very if you I think if you talk to him personally, he's probably obviously a gay yeah. man. But if you just like watch him on, like you, you would have no idea. But he is an openly gay actor. Uh, but he was telling the story about he was in an interview for something, and um, they asked what he was going to do after in the interview, and he said, "I'm going to go home to my husband." And the interviewer goes, "You really should just came out." He's like, "I guess I did." 
He's, she's like, you want to say anything about that? He's like, well, I'm a man that enjoys musical theater, and that's a big part of my life. I have three dogs that I treat like children publicly, and I go home to a home that I share with another man. I've been out for a while now. <laughs> but he said that kind of made him realize that even though he was not really shy about it, he wasn't openly Yeah, out. he wasn't hiding it, He, but he... And that he said from from that point forward, he would make it a point to speak publicly about it and talk about it because it is it is a very powerful thing for someone like that to be out and open and 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 you know publicly be a voice for people that that maybe can't speak up for themselves and that was really cool. So he was amazing. He was very very fun. Yeah, he was he was fantastic. <laughs> and then we did twisted tunes right after. And Biff came in and broke into. Isn't he adorable? Yeah, he came in and he, he was. He is a very so handsome. Cute. He was. He was just a sweet guy in that panel too, because he was all. He was. He was being Biff, but you could tell he was really enjoying it. And so he, every once in a while, he'd kind of just break and smile. And he stuff. was awesome at his booth because he was like right next to Joan Cusack's and just like what he didn't have a lot of people. Like when I was standing in line, but like just watching him and I was going to go up to him and tell him about Chris and how excited Chris Provost was that he was that he was here. But I ran out of time. And and uh, who else came on stage? Uh, the guy that plays Peter Petrelli and what's his name? No, on for Heroes. Twisted Tunes. Yeah, he came out and sat on the end. And he does amazing impersonations. No, that wasn't who Did was. Richard Horowitz do it? It was the guy from Walking Dead. Yeah, that plays Andrew. But that's not Peter Petrelli, Chris Sullivan. Isn't it the same no, guy? No, he's in Guardians. Oh. Anyway, yeah, he came up on stage. You're very confused. He did now. a whole bunch of, of impersonations in the Twisted Tunes. And he was camera. great. Rob Markard. Yes, that's who it was. Yeah, whatever. I don't know. Again, this is like when Billy he Boyd. He was amazing. When Billy Boyd came up to me, I had no fucking idea who he is. <laughs> I don't know who these people are. I went to the John and Joan Cusack panel and had an opportunity to go to Elijah Wood, but I then. Because that's like 25 years of fandom for me. <laughs> and it was really cool because when I was going through his line and I put down the VHS of Forever Young, which is a fantastic movie if you've ever seen it. Um, he, he was, he like signed it and then he's like, you know, JJ Abrams wrote this. And I, and like he pointed it out, but his, he's listed under Jeffrey Abrams. So it's like one of his very first. Before like he was JJ. Yeah. Yeah. And then I was getting ready to walk away. And his volunteer was like, is that a real fish around your neck? And then I had to explain the cosplay. And then all of a sudden, I, Elijah would like took my baby steps out of my hand. And he was like, this is baby steps. <laughs> <laughs> and they thought it was all really cool. Anyway, so. Uh, but I didn't want to go to that panel because I just felt it would be a lot of just Lord of the Rings questions. And I think sometimes that's a problem I have with the bigger celebrity panels. It's nice to hear people's questions, but when there's not a moderator, like the same question is asked over and over in a different way. And yeah, it feels like, like I want to hear, I want to hear more. I want to hear about your DJ career. I want to hear about your early stuff. I want to hear about what you're doing now. Like I get Lord of the Rings was like a yeah, 10 what is year. That show he's in I, I will say this. I will say this. It's a really long name. When it's remember. the, when it's the second time a celebrity's here or it's a celebrity like Dick Van Dyke where they've just got this enormous body of work, you don't get the same questions. In fact, Sometimes, so like Ian Summerholder, when he was here, his questions, because his fans follow him emphatically, 
it's not just Vampire Diaries, which is his big thing. It's it's his foundation. He it's was his... an episode of Law and Order SVU, <laughs> <laughs> and so he was in um, Lost. That's all I know. Yeah, and <laughs> that's so our ca- our cat is completely named after Ian Summerholder. His name is um, Damon Boone. Damon Boone. So Damon from Vampire Diaries and Boone from Lost. <laughs> um, that's awesome. So. Like John Barrowman, the first time he was here, a lot of the questions revolved around Arrow and him being Merlin and Arrow. And I think there were probably only two or three that had anything to do with that. Um, there were some Doctor Who, Who questions, since that's mm-hmm. a, a thing he's done. Um, but it was it was it becomes much more personal. Um, same thing with Stephen Amell. Which, yes, and Stephen Amell brought his wife with him, who was and also she an was actress. The, he was mod- she was his moderator. It was really cute. And then they somebody said, "So nobody's asked you so far. So can you tell the story of how you met?" And it was very sweet. He kind of stalked her a little. Yeah. So she was on a commercial, and he went, "That woman is beautiful. I want to know her." He found out a party that she was going to be at, and went well, there. no, he was already at going to the yeah, party. So he, he found out who she was. And then he discovered that she was invited to the same party that he was going to be at. And so he went up and met her and she gave him her phone number and they started dating and they got married and now they have a little girl and that you can tell he's totally enamored of because when he first came out, he, he asked his wife to ask him a question about how much or what they, what they had in common or yeah, what they had in common. And so she could tell, I think it was just because he wanted her to tell a story about their little girl and he wanted to make sure that that got in there. And I thought that that was pretty cute. But So definitely. And Stephen Amell did Ninja Warrior because of his first appearance at Salt Lake Comic Con. Yep. And he promised a lady. So a lady came up and was talking about how um, for lost soldiers, they do, or no. Officers. 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 They'll do 300 push-ups a day for 30 days. And he's like, I'll do 305. He's like, every day I'll do 305 Because every push-ups. time I come here, I commit to something. <laughs> so, but, so, that, so you get a lot of that really cool stuff from some of the big celebrity panels, especially if the celebrity has either not been in something for a while that's, that's mainstream or is coming back or has a huge body of work. But you're right. A, a guy like Elijah Wood where his, I know he's done other stuff, but it's, it's Lord of the Rings. But he's currently caught up. A- a project, and I doubt they. I doubt. Well, he's many been in a bunch of stuff since Lord of the Rings, but it's Lord he of the Rings. Definitely took besides John Barrowman, he definitely took some of the best pictures, best photo ops. <laughs> yes, well, were amazing. So Elijah, it almost makes me wish that I had the extra eighty dollars. When you think about it, Elijah Wood. I mean, the, the guy was in an epic trilogy that's like eight hundred hours long, and he was the lead. So I mean. I'm I'm joking. It was only like 10 hours long, literally 10 hours long between the three movies. That's insane. That's so much fucking time. Unless you get the extended director's cuts and then it's like 800 hours. (laughs) He's in Dirk Gently's Holistic Detective. Yes. The long one. That's the one. But he's, he's been in so many things like. But for us to get people like that says a lot about Salt Lake. Well, and, and you know, we've, we've talked about it in the past, how they kind of like, pass along the word to their friends like it's pretty di- like big deal for a, John Cusack really and Joan Cusack to come like a Dick Van Dyke so I have to I was they they canceled the Dick Van Dyke panel and photo ops on Friday yes no Thursday they, they canceled they them on, canceled on they announced it on Tuesday night um so of everybody was bummed of course and then that morning they were like we're doing it 
He wants to do his panel. He wants to do his photo ops. So that morning, there were a bunch of photo ops. He did his panel. They were supposed to have more in the evening. And then they came over the loudspeaker and said that they had been canceled. They moved the time, and then it had been canceled. He probably had to go to sleep. I was standing in the back, excuse me, um, talking to one of the volunteer security guys from Hill that I always talk to. And all of a sudden they like called this huge meeting around Dick Van Dyke's table and like Brian Brandenburg was out there. And, and I ended up talking to his assistant for just Brian Brandenburg's assistant for just a minute. And it was so amazing to see even in that moment of chaos, like how everything was handled. And yes, there were tons of people that were disappointed, but when the guy is 91, like basically he just said to like Brian, like, I just need to go home. That's what his yeah. assistant I'm, told I'm, me. I'm just, I'm yeah. tired. Yeah. And so. For how, him to have done any of that, it's amazing. Yeah. And how amazing for the people that did get that opportunity. And I mean, it's, just, it's unfortunate for those that didn't, but you know, it's not, yeah. it's not 37 year olds by Elijah Wood. That, I got to say, know, with yeah. Dick Van Dyke. hopping on people's backs and their photo ops. With Dick Van Dyke coming. There were so many old people there. Like, like I say old people. I mean people in their 60s in costume. Well, this is, yeah, what an in opportunity cosplay. to meet somebody How that cool has is been that? an icon to them. I, I saw mean, tons of chimney sweeps yeah. and Mary Poppins characters. But and, old did people. Did you see the um, Chitty Chitty Bang Bang guy with the fireworks on his back and the wings? Yes. Oh, yes. Cool. And there, that, were, there was a girl that was dressed that way, too. I love it. It's good stuff. Good stuff. And seeing, I mean, he smiled in every single picture, but then seeing the celebrities post about it after that they got to meet him too, like that, I kind that puts things into perspective to me anyways, just because it reminds you like they're normal people and they get awestruck too. They experience a yeah. fandom. Yeah. Yeah. It was, what was, who was it? Rob Schneider that... Rob Schneider got up during the panel and yeah. asked a question, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, yeah. Well, he basically told him, "I st- I stole my work from you," and he's like, "I yeah. stole my work." So, yeah. And I, I think it was on X. Down. I think it was on X ninety six, and I'm, I'm maybe it was on a maybe it was on a, a podcast I listened to. I don't remember, but uh, they were talking about Rob Schneider asking him a question. <laughs> They said Dick Van Dyke should have been like, you know, I'm 91 because I got vaccinated, you jackass. I know, right? <laughs> I'm like, I can't go talk. I really want to go. Oh, maybe it was Geek Show that did that, and be like, that. Eh. no, they did say it on yeah. XA6 okay. and just be like, because eh, the buzzer. From I, I just couldn't. I couldn't ups. do Rob Schneider. I the guy. I just can't go listen he's to. He's a, a lot shorter than I thought he was. Oh, he's very short. I just can't Zachary go listen Levi to. Zachary Levi was really tall though. Yeah, yeah, but Super I knew that. Tall. Super good guy too, Zachary Levi. That's we should get more. Did work. you see the pictures of him reading to the kids at, at KidCon? No. Was he, he was, really? Yes, he was sitting on a little kid chair and like his knees are like way up and he's like reading to the kids and it, it, it And how on. many of those kids even know who he is? Because he's only done a couple things. I met the voice of Invader Zim and he was so oh, nice. He's so good. He was so nice. Like I went up to his table and I just was talking to him. We ended up talking um, about Disneyland actually, like the old ticket system that they used to have. And he was asking me about my... We're talking about my cosplay, but yeah, what a cool, cool have we, dude. Have we drug you into a Twisted Tunes panel yet? No. Nobody oh drags me anywhere. Well, that's going to happen. You need to dedicate time. an it hour and a half one time. so worth it because you know some you of know these my voice number? actors. Oh my God. Really? 
That's where you're going to go. <laughs> yep. Because, went there. because it's all the voice actors and they're just doing random voices. And it's I think so that you would just, cause you would recognize them like we do. Like, like half of it is just it. like this last one they did share and they made the girl sing the lines. So every time and they, and they did dueling shares because one of the guys could do a share. So they had two different shares reading two different lines and they were singing the lines <laughs> to each other. Like it, it's just, it's just funny. And it's, it's, it's stuff that you know so like it doesn't matter if you understand everything or if they interject weird things into it or whatever because you you know the scene you recognize it you know what's happening you can close your eyes and picture it in your head and then you're listening to like cartman from uh what's it called south park, south park you know reading the lines or Je- uh, roger rabbit you know, reading the lines or share. Uh, they like to do Liam Neeson. Um, Bill Cosby. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Who's the pause guy? Who's the guy that pauses that they always do? Christopher Walken. Yeah, they do Christopher and, Walken. And William Shatner. <laughs> and it is hilarious because they do really long pauses. <laughs> They're like terrible. this it's, it's so bad and it's so funny because the rest of the voice actors are just rolling on the floor laughing at them and so you're and everybody's laughing and then when you it, it's fun and and you would be a person that would be able to appreciate it because you would recognize the voices and you would recognize the voice actors and so you would be very appreciative when he gives them an assignment for something because you would be like oh i know this like i know what this is gonna sound like when they say it and then when you hear it like i think you would just go crazy because it's it's pretty funny let's uh let's listen to some more of these um we'll just listen to some of the questions i think we did well let me do mark avo because we talked about him uh there's the first one I know Mark Avo is standing here going, why are you talking to me? Because I have a panel, and it's down the hall. Uh, I think you'll be fine. They'll let you in. You're a panelist. Um, so, Mark, how uh, how do you think this dystopian present panel went? I think it was great. I think our panelists were really good. I think it was an early man- morning panel, and we had a lot more people than I thought would show up. And the, the crowd was very interested in what we were talking about, very engaged. I feel bad we didn't get to all the questions, but I did include some contact information for, for us. And if, if everyone wants to get a hold of us, um, uh, everyone on the panel, we are, uh, Rebecca Road at Rebecca Road, uh, Robinson Wells at Robinson Wells. Okay, I gotta stop this for a second. So he reads through this. All of their names are their Twitter handles. Well, you're like gonna say it. Why did name. you stop it? You're gonna say it. <laughs> Cause it's funny that he goes okay, through it all. But- well, then I'm just not going to finish it. How yeah. about that? Well, no, dick. because then you, be a dick. you need to put it no, on there it's so not that you can read them. No, we're done. <sighs> Don't be a dick. I just thought it was funny because he, and he realizes that like after he starts going through them and he's like, oh shit, <laughs> they're all their names. So Tad Williams at Tad Williams. And of course that's me at Mark Avo. So those are all really difficult Twitter handles uh, at their names, basically, in every case. Uh, what do you think your favorite panel is going to be for the for the whole con, Mark? Rick and Morty. <laughs> so I I heard they were turning people away from that panel because there were so many people, and I caught him like right before that one. So it, it was like it was like standing only. 
Uh, he took a whole bunch of pictures. There were tons of cosplayers as, as Rick, uh, as Morty, as other random characters through that universe. I think there was a guy that was Pickle Rick. There was a was, couple. Which is fucking awesome. Um, if you watch Rick and Morty. I really wanted to go to that panel, but it was during the soccer game. So soccer wins. Priorities. Two home games left that are super important. Priorities. Uh, but then Jess caught up, like you said, with Mark right before that, that uh, Rick and Morty panel. Um, and we'll play, oops, this is the one we want to play. Play? All right, so I'm with panelist Mark Avo. Avo, Avo. Avo, yeah. Okay, perfect. Uh, what is the one thing that you would tell people coming to Salt Lake Comic Con that they had to do? The, I'm not a good person to answer that question because I like Artist Alley, I like comic books, I like meeting the artists and the creators. And most people, for most people, I would say, just don't miss out on the like the feeling of family. That that doesn't make you a bad person because those are all legitimate things to see. Yeah, but a lot of people want to see the celebrities. They want to see the photos and all that kind of thing, and that's great. But it's not my thing. See, I think that highlights what's so awesome about the con is it's everything. There's authors. There's there's comic book creators. There's artists. There's sometimes musicians. What? I like that he said something about family. I have a friend, um, her name is Jamie, and she has kind of like interjected herself into uh, the Salt Lake Comic Con world. And she's like known as like the meme poster on the Salt Lake Comic Con page. And she uh, had came into some misfortune last week and unfortunately was let go from her job. She worked with my cousin James that we've talked about before. Um and she's having troubles at home. And so she made a big post like the night before that was like, hey, I'm not going. And she probably had like a hundred people that were like, you have got to come. I mean, she had like a VIP. She had all these photo ops that she bought. Um, and she just wasn't coming. And James and I every day were like, you got to come. You got to come. And she finally came on Saturday, like all dressed up and you know, got all of her, her photos done. And, and I just, you know, it's really neat. And everybody was like, Oh, it's so, so good to meet you. And we're so glad you came. And, and, you know, for some of the crappy things that do happen there, which they do, um, you know, that Mark really touched like family is, it's huge. Yeah, it's a big deal. And, and you, you get to meet if you, if, you know, you get to meet people that are of the same ilk. That, well, and that you start like seeing the same, the same people over and over again. And that, you know, the, whether you're buying from the same artists, like I bought from the same three artists, you know, that I, that I bought the last couple of times and you develop a, you know, of course they're probably not going to remember you, but sometimes they do. And, you know, it's really cool. So, well, <coughs> excuse me. Uh, I mean, we have that experience. So, and I, I think you talked to him, uh, Michael Brent Collings, which is, has become one of Bree's favorite authors. The guy's amazing. We actually seek out panels that he's on because he's such a great panelist. Um, and, and he writes, you know, horror novels and he writes some fantasy stuff. I'm actually not a big fan of his fantasy, but, um, it's, it's more YA type fantasy, I think. Um, but Bree loves his horror novels. One of the cool things is, you know, when we go buy stuff from him at the con, he gets that money. Like all that money goes right to him versus if you buy it at, at a bookstore or Amazon or right. whatever, you know. Plus you can get them signed because all my books are signed. So Timothy, Timothy Zahn was there 
Um, and if you guys don't know who he is, he is Star Wars. Like he's he writes all the books. Yeah. Um, super cool dude. We went and talked to him for a little while. And my cousin's husband has some of his older books. And she was like, hey, like if I bring them in, will you will you sign them? And he said, if you're willing to bring them in, he's like, I will sign every single one of them. And and so she did. And and it was it was really awesome. Yeah, and it's not just that. It's it's also just other people that have the same interests. Like I said, it's it's seeing, you know, cosplay people the with people the same that character get my that po- do the meetups. My cosplay and say that I'm their most favorite of the whole weekend, which blew my mind because I mean, it's there's some it's, pretty phenomenal. <laughs> it's also because it's original. And why you don't enter the cosplay contests, <laughs> I will never understand because you could totally win fancy. them. They don't have to be fancy to win. I don't, I don't make it that long. That's why I'm like four o'clock. I'm out of here <laughs> <laughs> on the last day. I'm like, uh, I can't walk anymore. So, and I, I, we go to end up at soccer games a lot. And I really, one of these Probably years, half the time. one of these years, I want to stay for the cosplay contest because that is the cost. They do a kid just, one too now, which is uh-huh, totally cool. It's really cool. Speaking of kid ones, let's, let's, let's listen to, to, to Corbin because you <laughs> interviewed him specifically, specifically because he cosplays every year. Right. So I met him, I think it's been like two years ago now. Um, and he's the, he's the he little was, four. He was, he was Rocket when mm-hmm. I met him and we were standing in line for Craig Parker. And it's not just him that cosplays. That's what's unique about it. Dad cosplays. His dad will do it with him too. So Sometimes he, like he, he was Groot, right? The he, first year. And uh, no, no, I think he, he was, was just him. He was, just um, Star Lord. Oh, okay. Um, but not like super fancy. Like this year it was the most I've seen the dad dress up. Like he had a full Odin. Like the first day he had an eye patch, but he ended up taking it off. Anyways, his his Iron Man was my most favorite. Like he had this like little mustache, awesome. and this kid's got to be like seven. And his dad maybe. had like the music, and we play would play it. Yeah, it's it is really cool, and they're super fun to talk to. And fortunately, this was my last interview that I got before the batteries died. Uh, so yeah, cute kid. All right, I'm here with one of my most favorite cosplayers. What's your name? Corbin. And I hear you're a good whistler? Yep. Can I hear? Are you kidding me? You don't even look like you're whistling right now. That's amazing. So can you tell me if somebody was like, hey, I want to go to Comic Con, what should I do there? What would you tell them? I would definitely get a dragon. A dragon? Like a pet dragon? Yeah. <laughs> like a little one or a big one? A little one. Best Do you answer. have a pet dragon? I have about I have about four of them. So I'm going to ask you a question. I met you as Rocket. I've met you as Iron Man. And now I've met you as Thor. Which has been your most favorite? Thor, actually. Is that because your dad looks awesome as Odin? I agree, for sure. So, uh, Dad, what's your name? Dusty. And what would you tell someone coming to Comic-Con that they must do before going home? Get a dragon. (laughs) Are you a dragon-owning family? I'm gathering here. What's that? I said, are you a a dragon-owning family? Is that what I'm gathering? We have tons of them. (laughs) That is awesome. Well, you guys are always amazing. Thank you so much, and we will see you next year, okay?
Aww. He actually pulled, like the dad pulled a dragon out of his pocket. It was really funny. So when I first asked him if I could, if I could ask him a question, he says, are you going to ask me about whistling? Or can, you know, he said, can you ask me about whist- my whistling? And I was like, yeah, of course. It really looked like he was just like had his mouth open. Like it was so awesome. <laughs> like, he's the coolest. Well, and speaking kid. of dragons, there's a really cool vendor that we found this year that had dragons like back they had like a shoulder slung dragon backpack so it looked like a dragon was sitting on your shoulder um, but it had little pouches for you to store stuff uh, and then they had other little pet dragons that would like wrap around your wrist or wrap around your 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 shoulder or your neck or whatever i don't think i saw that that's cool they it was really very cool. cute they were really cool mm-hmm. um that's just awesome and, and that uh, just shows that see the again that's like 24 hours there like and i didn't see that i got it i got that key too did you find my key I don't know where you put it. Wasn't it? It must be, be in my bag. bag. Hey guys, I spent forty five dollars on a pop vinyl. That is really rare. <laughs> that should be like ninety dollars. <laughs> well, good, good deal. I know. Uh, so we got there was a, a vendor there that makes keys that are swords, swords. You got one? And, I did. And they were at Fan X, and not, I debated. Not just swords either, like other stuff too. Um, so the base of them, you know, is like lightsabers, and I guess that's kind of a sword. But there were there were other things too besides <laughs> swords. A gun. Yeah, there, there was, was like a gun, and and they can make them two yeah. two different ways is how they they cut them, uh, and they're really cool. Like, well, if, they don't cut them; they use they sell them to you. And no, the, the 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 base key piece though yeah. that's cut, and then um, you take it and you get it cut. And and if if the person if the the company that cuts it messes up, they replace it for free. And if you move and you want a new key, you get a discount, like thirty percent. Like pretty cool company. That yeah. is cool. Yeah, it was really cool. Um. So, of course, we saw the, the licorice lady, and, and I ate all my licorice. I have too. not eaten mine. I, I didn't even get any. You didn't get any? My my cousin bought some, and they gave me a, a flavor that they don't ever sell, but they have, like, thousands of pounds. <laughs> what was it? It's a sweet apple. Like, they have their sour oh. apple, but it's a sweet apple. Ooh, I would eat it was, that. I, I know. It, it was too. really good. So, if you guys want some, I'll let her know, and I can pick some up for For her. sure, I want oh, some. Oh, yeah. Better. I yeah. love that stuff. Um, I got peach again because I love it. So, and then they yeah. had a new cherry that had the sour the stuff best. on it. <sighs> that one is so, so delicious. Good. So good. And then watermelon just because watermelon is one of my favorite flavors. But we had to get our cream. own bags. <laughs> she's like, she's Maybe. like, can I put these in the same bag? And he's like, no. Maybe I should get a bunch before the Halloween Expo and we can eat it. Is while she going to be there? No, they're going to oh. be at the Renaissance Festival in Vegas, which oh. is like huge. So... So, uh, so anyway, we, we, we went there, uh, pretty also, we also found in the back, there was lightsabers covered in fresh spun cotton candy. Did you see those? Uh, yeah, they were like as big as me. They yes. They were humongous. And you. <laughs> yes. So we got one because Bree's like, Bree loves cotton I'm like, candy. I love, so cotton candy is a huge thing for me. Like whenever people have it, especially if it's fresh, I got to have cotton candy. I love it. And so I needed one and like. I went back there and the lady just was talking, talking, talking. And I was, we walked around. I was like, shit, why didn't we pull out the recorder? Cause she was really excited to like be there. And it was her daughter. There. It's her daughter's company. They're totally local. Oh, cool. Um, yeah, they do a really, I imagine they do a really good job. And it's neat because they actually walk around the con with them. Like, yeah. Well, and part of why they did that is because they were kind of in the back corner and hard and to I see. And I told her, I'm so. like, you are actually in a great place because once people realize you're here and you have a big long line, you're not going to be intruding on, on anybody. Like, 
this will be a destination place because they're by bathrooms too. And they put a big, they put a and big balloon up. Walking around with that lightsaber covered in cotton candy. I had like candy. three people stop me. Three. No, it was so, like 10. One of well, the interviews that I did, somebody said to like, make sure you stay hydrated and like drink a lot and yeah. go to the bathroom. Not, not one, two people. Two people that. did. So Friday I got home and I was like, Okay, well, let's listen to Michael Brent because he's one of them. Okay. Oh, I love him so much. So this is the author that This that is my like. favorite. Hey, so this is Jessica. I'm here at the Salt Lake Comic Con on Saturday. I'm with Michael Brent Collins, best-selling author. I want to know, what is the one thing you would tell con-goers that they need to do while they are here? Urinate periodically. Doing it in the costume is just, it's a real faux pas. And also drink a lot of water because every year there's some jackass who's like, I'll just go for the whole time in a full latex suit and not drink anything. By the way, I'm going to be a corpse at the end. And so you, you, it's like a physically draining thing. You have to take care of yourself. It definitely is. And I realized when I got home last night that I did not go to the bathroom all day, which means that I did not drink anything all day. So that is great advice. Thank you. And we will look forward to talking to you soon. So, <laughs> that's why I wanted to awesome? play it because I knew that, that was the one that he's so friggin' awesome. And then, I absolutely love him. Like I said, not just one, but two. Bob Defendi, uh, who is also another local author, he's uh, one of the hosts of the Space uh, Spaceborgs. Yeah, well, and, and uh, world's greatest podcast, the comic book podcast, used to be Hold Three Twenty One uh, or Three Twenty Two. I don't know, but it's uh, anyway. Bob Defendi had a very similar answer, actually. All right, another offer, author. Oh my goodness, I can't even speak. I'm so hungry uh, at Salt Lake Comic Con. <laughs> Bob Defendi, did I say it? You did. Correctly? You never know. So, Bob, what is your one thing you would tell people at Salt Lake Comic Con they must do before going home? Uh, use the bathroom. It's a long drive. <laughs> That's a really good that, a drive. Nobody thinks about the drive. And there's a huge line in the parking lot before you leave. Sometimes you're in the car for 15, 20, 30 minutes before you get out into the street. It's really just punishing. I know. That's no, what I was wondering. I was like, where is he parking? If you leave when Comic-Con actually gets out at like 9 on a Saturday. Is it pretty bad? And, and you're leaving out of like City Creek where probably the vast majority uh, of people That makes probably. sense. Yeah. Plus, Saturday was an LDS if, conference event yeah. too. Or so. if you ride tracks. Like it's... Oh, it's a long time. Like think, like think about it. It's a long time before you can pee. I thought it was funny that he said that. (laughs) And he, the two of them actually said that that, to to go to the bathroom. Well, I think it's funny that it was authors. Yeah. But that, so, so I totally forgot. I'm surprised you didn't out me on this. And here I am going to out myself. So, you know, we were in that, that cultural panel about geek, geeks and uh, racism and, I, I had I had eaten no, my. No, no, I'm going to tell this story. Fuck you. <laughs> no, it's I get, so it's, much. Be- it's going to be better story. coming from me. So here we are sitting in this panel, and it's really quiet in the room outside of the panelists who are talking. What? 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 What are you? What are you doing? So she can tell her story. No, no, no. <laughs> turn no, your no, mic no. off. No, no, because it sounds so much better coming the, from the guy was the guy w- that was talking was the uh, the Polynesian. Uh, it was uh, Tui. Yes, it was Tui. And afterwards, he told me that it was fine. Yeah, but so we're sitting there, and it's you know it's like it's it's the middle of the afternoon, <laughs> and Bree's got her lightsaber. She had just finished all her cotton candy and washed it off. I had got taken it into the bathroom, and I had washed it off with soap and water. But all of a sudden, out of nowhere, you hear. <laughs> 
And I look over. Did you short circuit your lightsaber? And she's got the lightsaber, and she has managed to turn it on in a quiet room other than the panelists. And she's like, and she's trying to figure out how to turn it off, and she just keeps hitting the button that makes it go. So it's just like. And they call you until, out. Until I grab it, and I'm like, turn it off myself, and then throw it on the floor, and I'm like, don't fucking touch it. So in my defense, like, so I had cleaned what are up. are you, five? I had cleaned up all of the cotton candy from the top of it. <laughs> right? <laughs> and so, and I'm pretty, I'm a pretty clean cotton candy eater. And so usually I don't get cotton candy all over everything. But I had noticed maybe the panel before that, or maybe it was even earlier in this, I had must have hit it against my sleeve. And so, like, I noticed I had, a like, cotton candy on my the sleeve of my shirt. So I was, like, scraping that off, you know. And so... I picked up the lightsaber to see if I had gotten all the cotton candy off of it. And I noticed that there was some cotton candy like around the button. And there were... And Brie can't pass up cotton candy. No, I wasn't trying to eat it. (laughs) So I was scraping at it because it was like... It was like... I think I probably had gotten it wet in the bathroom when I was cleaning it. So now it's like a hard piece of, of, of sugar, right? So I'm like scraping at it. Well, when I scraped at it, I pushed i managed to push the button <laughs> and the off button is above it and i didn't realize that like because there's like a button i'm above surprised below. somebody on the panel didn't call you out because usually no, they're super funny about they that. didn't they totally like pretended well, like it wasn't J- even and this is jay whitaker's panel and He's he didn't moderating. say anything he's looking right at me and said not a word he did not bust her out and that's totally didn't even laugh or anything that's weird and then afterwards when chris is like totally talking and jay's like yeah it's bad he got <laughs> who was his name again uh, it's Mike something. It's Tui is what he goes Tui. by. He comes on. He goes, don't ever apologize for making lightsaber sounds. <laughs> <laughs> and it was him that I that was talking when I when it happened. So I, I didn't feel quite as bad, but I felt so and You should have owned it. To be clear. You should have just like started being like. <laughs> to be clear. This throwing was not, it around in the air. This was not a big panel room. Chris we were died. sitting right in front of them. Yeah. It doesn't matter. Front you should have just like and held a, it up and like owned that. It's lighting up. It's it, it, it changes colors like when so like this cotton candy vendor had it like it was only 15 bucks for the lightsaber and the cotton candy lightsaber lights up changes it colors, changes color when you hit sounds. things so it changes like blue and pink and purple so when you hit things it changes color so chris started hitting me with it like in the con of course because he's chris so on the way home i turned it on and kept hitting him with it while we were driving so we stopped at mcdonald's to get like bad oh food <laughs> and none of the people at the at the check out and like even noticed or like had any kind of reaction i was barely in my in like it's was thursday and i went to alberto's because i love their mini bean and cheese burritos for a dollar (laughs) and she was like oh did you go to comic con like i had my headband and my shirt on like i could have been anyone yeah no i'm literally hitting him and she's hitting me with this and it's it's changing colors and making sounds and we got no dude so the dude that took it must the money, have been the one on like second second west but the dude that was taking the money in the first window like i don't even think he looked at me once like through the exchange yeah he like it. enough to just like grab the card and <laughs> give the card like, you could tell he like, was jealous he was like you could tell when we got to the food handing window like the the girls thought it was funny that it was up but there they would, they were, but they refused to like say anything or make any kind of comment and, and you could see when, when they turned around after handing us our food and we started to drive away that they just started busting up <laughs> laughing like they but often. they wouldn't say anything. To, so I'm literally in the car hitting him with a lightsaber and nobody said anything. <laughs> 
Wow, I'm disappointed in them. But that that cotton candy vendor needs to keep coming back because that was amazing. Because they were there, bucks, they were there at Fanex too. Fifteen bucks for yeah. a lightsaber, and that's a in when Jess says like it was cotton candy as big as us. Like it she's really was. Not kidding, <laughs> it was huge. It was probably three feet yeah. across. Yeah, for yeah, sure. It's, it's it's and it's just wrapped on there, and it's all fluffy. It's not. It's so yummy. Sugary, sugary. All right, we're gonna listen to some more of these. Okay. Uh, I don't think we listened to this one yet. So I'm here with Ben Bird, who is an amazing artist, and you have done all of these cons, haven't you? Uh, yes, everything except for the very, very first Salt Lake Comic Con. So what would be the one thing that you would tell somebody coming to Salt Lake Comic Con that they have to do before going home? Make sure you walk the entire floor, look at all the artists, and like if you're going through the artist alley, make sure you're like actually looking at all the tables because there's some amazing stuff and you can just miss something really cool. I always tell people to have a conversation with the artists too. I know sometimes you guys get really busy, but this this is your work and and I, I hope that you want to talk about it. Yeah, a lot of them love talking about it and, and I like talking to anybody that wants to ask me questions, so it's no biggie, yeah. Perfect. Well, have an awesome rest of your con. Thanks, Ben. I own a lot of his work, by the way. <laughs> like a huge huge piece that I bought last time and now I have five like little ones to go next to it. He he does like these little tiny watercolor figures that have the cutest little faces. I love them. They're all Disneyland <laughs> ones. <laughs> so and and that's 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 a good comment. I mean really talking to the artists. People they, are they so there people are so I mean I get so you can appreciate all the art because pe- most of those people have worked really hard on it. And they're not going to hard sell you on their shit. No, that's not what they're there for. They're there for the people that are really drawn to it to purchase from them. And like, I get it. I know a lot of the artists are introverts and it's hard for them to talk about it. But and it's also in how they present themselves too. like if you're like slouching behind your like table, you know, I'm probably less likely to talk to you, but I will still say hi. We, um, James and his sister bought from this guy who does pencil drawings and then refines them in Photoshop. They're beautiful. They look like black and white photographs. And he was telling every single person that bought from him, like, I can't do this without you. Like it was, it was just really, really cool to see the way that he was interacting with the people that were buying from him. So, okay, we're going to do this one next. Because it's funny. They're all funny. All right. I am here with Jake from State Farm. Jake from State Farm. What would you tell somebody coming to Salt Lake Comic Con that they had to do before going home? Oh, they have to go and get some Pokemon stuff because Pokemon's lit. <laughs> Anything particular? Like, do you look for something very specific? Uh, first gen is the best. Perfect. Thank you so much. Okay, so to be Love, clear, do you want me to tell you about this Jake kid? Jake from State Farm does sounds not actually lit. work from State Farm. And he sounds lit. <sighs> no, he was like 12. <laughs> Maybe 14 I would give him. I was just, he has a pretty deep voice for 12. So I really wanted to like talk to a couple of cosplayers, and this kid was just walking towards me. That was Jake from State Farm. And I was like, I have to talk to Jake from State Farm. I was not expecting Pokemon. <laughs> it's it pretty good. It made me laugh when I heard it the first time. Yeah. Um, let's see. Oh, I like these Pokemon people too. Pokemon is lit. So, I think that should be the name of this episode. <laughs> uh, 
I feel bad because it seemed like his friend wanted to talk too, but I was running low on battery. Yeah. So I was uh, like, bye. Okay. So, well, you talked to some of our friends. So we'll talk, we'll listen to the Truffle Cottage one. <laughs> I'm asking everyone, what is the one thing that you would tell con goers that they need to do when coming to the Salt Lake Comic Con? They need to come to the Truffle Cottage, obviously. Eat their favorite superhero or villain. (laughs) That sounds really inappropriate, by the way. Yeah, that's pretty much me as a human being. Um, I was going to say, I love to eat Darth Vader, but now you've changed the whole dynamic of this conversation. Uh, Darth Vader is the best flavor that we have. What is it? It's dark chocolate pomegranate. I don't think no I've tried that way. one. What about you, Jenny? What would you tell con goers that they needed to do before leaving Salt Lake Comic Con? Well, I think if you haven't been by, again, the Truffle Cottage, it's the one stop where you can get your sweetest piece of fandom ever. The Harry Potter vials, right? Because our guys cannot stop talking about mm. your Harry Potter vials. It's about the caramel, right? Oh, uh, Yes, the salted caramel Star Trek. <laughs> Those are my favorite. Oh yeah, well, and then the potions, which are caramel, five different Those flavors. Are so the death potion, good. especially black licorice. Awesome, guys! Thank you. Okay, now I'm gonna play this just because it's fucking funny. Uh, go and play Dungeons and Dragons like a cool person. So as so, she said that at the end, she was like, "Oh, I should have said that." And I was like, "Done." Like you, you can totally and, say and, that. So and you can play Dungeons and Dragons there. They have a whole floor dedicated. They to do gaming. so. Truffle Cottage did a milk chocolate and wasabi bar. It was sold out on the first day. Like Jesus, I didn't even see them on the it first was, day. It was I know I didn't either. I was like, has anybody seen the Truffle Cottage? Um and for anybody that's wondering, Blair really is from Scotland. Like she's not faking. Her I thought it was Irish, but maybe no. Peter's so Peter's not gonna like her, is what you're saying. <laughs> Yeah, she's as long as she's not military. Scottish. Yeah, and she she is part of the magic at the Truffle Cottage. But they don't really need to like hawk their goods because they to- sell out. I love of it though. They're totally I did not trained. Realize that Darth Vader was dark chocolate and pomegranate, or I would have like laid down the cash instantly. Well, the good thing did about you Truffle see Cottage, they had the shoes. The, I did see the, the good shoes. thing about Truffle Cottage is you can just order it online. I know I may need to do that because pomegranate is one of my favorite. Let's do like flavors. a big order because I need some more of those salted caramels, <laughs> and we should order one of the wasabi. Those vials bars. are so good. I don't think I tried one. I think you guys ate them all. There were a bunch. You I had know. To have tried one. No, there was like freaking forty of them. Yeah, and we did not eat all. I of think them. I had like part of one. They were they were kind of broken and not painted. That's they were awesome. Fault. That's your own fault. Probably. They're so good. All of her stuff is awesome, and you can order from them. We uh, still like need Bree to said. get a dragon egg. I know, right? Yeah. A lizard. It's an Easter lizard egg. And then Jess actually went and talked to your friends, uh, your former neighbors. Uh, oh, you did the the, bow tie the wooden bow tie people. So these guys are really cool. They make wooden bow ties. So we'll play this. He's super nice. Yeah, they're friends of mine. All right, so I am here with W. K. Wilson, who is. Uh, the most amazing wooden bow tie maker extraordinaire ever. Do you go by WK? Uh, WK is the company. He's so like your dumb. So WK stands for wood knot. Oh, that. Like, you know, wooden bow ties. That makes sense. Sean. Yes. And you're local. And we're local. Sean, what Kearns. would you tell someone visiting Salt Lake Comic Con that they must do before going home? That they must do? They must go down the dealer alley. Because there's some cool dang stuff here. What's the coolest thing that you've seen that you're like, I think I need to buy that? 
uh, there's a vendor behind us that has old typewriter um, earrings and stuff that are just very cool. Also, some other laser engravers. I think you need to pierce your ears first. Uh, it grew over a long time ago. <laughs> we, we went down that path, and we, we've moved on from there. <laughs> so they're actually friends of Breeze. I used to um, live down the street from them. and James bought a bow tie from him. Well, we talked so to James cool. about it because he had noticed them, and I was like, have you seen them? And he's like, oh, yeah, I love them. I'm like, they're friends of mine. So they're... Their oldest daughter lives around here somewhere. We ran into her at Harmon's. And then their oldest son um, and his friend, when my daughters were, oh gosh, like maybe eight and 10 or so. And there, there were two other little girls that they hung around with the, the exact same age. <clears throat> These two boys were babysitting them while the, the other parents couple and I, you know, we all went out. We came back and they had treed the boys. The four little girls had chased Elliot, their son, and the other boy that was watching him up a tree. Up a tree. That's awesome. Yeah. These guys are great. They're, they're, they're really nice guys. They're, they're probably some of the first people Don and I met when we moved into our, our neighborhood when I They make first got more here. than just the wooden bow ties. They have all sorts of. Uh, I have a things. wooden mustache. Yes. That he put yeah. in my purse while I was interviewing him. I got one at Fenex. And um, they're amazing. They actually are mechanical, like the gears yeah, in them. They're turn. so cool. I told them they need to make bows, but he said they're working on it because they haven't figured out a way to put the actual clip on the back yet. But I will buy one as soon as he has one. Yeah, they're they're really cool. Um, and they're very, I, I don't know. I don't know how to explain them, but they're really, really cool looking. They're magical. Um, well, let's listen to these guys. Some more cosplayers just found. Um, well, I forgot all these people that I found. I'm impressed with myself. <laughs> so, <that's laughs> all right. So I found a Monty Python and the Holy Grail. You guys, what's the one thing that you would tell con goers that they needed to do at the Salt Lake Comic Con before leaving? I would say to have fun. To have fun. Find what you want and go seek it out because there's everything here. You can find it. That was a very I like that answer. That's true. Everything is here, right? <laughs> that was very Monty Python and the Holy Grail. Find your grail. Find your yeah, grail. Yeah, I saw them running around. Did you take a picture of them and post it up on Facebook? Yes, I did. See, that's my friends. Oh, nice. See, that's him. Sean, her Let's husband. See, who did we miss? see, they live in Kearns and everything. Aww. Yeah, we. By um, way, so, for, by the way, that was a that was a father and a daughter from, doing Monty Python and the Holy Grail, Aww. and they were hilarious. So, was the King dad the one doing the the coconuts? Yeah, they so both had coconuts. They, yeah, but he was like, "Oh, wait, you got to get this before you go," and I was like, "That's genius." Um, yeah, but he was king, the king, and she was Patsy. So. All right, I think we have a couple more. Oh, we have David West. So David West. Oh, my God. We had so much fun with him, and I've got to post the picture still, and I haven't done it yet. So we're not going to have time to put any panels up in here, which I think is fine, um, just because we're, we're, we're cruising we along. We were so excited um, about what happened. So David West, so David J. West was uh, on one of the panels that we try to go to this panel every con. It's Choose Your Own Apocalypse. And so basically what happens is they have a pseudo-debate. So they have... Um, you know, usually it's two sides and maybe a couple people doing the debate. Someone's moderating the debate. Um, but this time the audience threw out suggestions, kind of like an improv thing. Uh, and they had three panelists that each had to fight for the side of 
whichever apocalypse. So, so was, they got to choose. So they got each one got three three options to choose from. So David West chose old age. That's the apocalypse, the world ending apocalypse. And then uh, I don't the, know, the, the, the middle woman person the middle chose woman dragons. chose dragons. And then the last one chose an intergalactic highway running through Earth. So you know, like just taking everyone out from from uh, well, it was like rules. No, it was like v- Vorgons or v- yeah, it's from Douglas Adams Hitchhiker's Guide. I, to the Hitchhiker's Galaxy. Guide. I had no idea what and, they were talking about. The whole so time. all was, all of the stuff he was saying, and I think that's maybe because Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. If you like science fiction, if you like comedy, uh, humorous books, go read it. It's one of the best books written, and it's it's hysterical. What's the meaning um, of life? Forty six. Forty two. Forty two. Uh, the meaning of life. Hey, I'm going to be 42 this year. Everything. Will I know the meaning of life? Uh, but so, maybe. I think I think that's probably why he had a he had a struggle. But so David won. David yes. West won. He Old was age, most and we were on his team the whole time. It was freaking hilarious. So he's he <laughs> they start with him for his argument, and he just sits there. And, and they're like, like they're David, like, David, are you going to say something? And he's like, eh? Eh? <laughs> can hear you. Eh? <laughs> nice. <laughs> That's awesome. He's <laughs> like, I promise you, you'll die at some point. <laughs> It'll be a long time from now. <laughs> like, it was fantastic. So then, you know, the audience gets to ask questions uh, on the sides and, you know, pro and con questions. Uh, and then the audience moves. So you get up and you move around the room based on who you want to win, who you want to lose, just depending on the time of the, it was really, it's a lot of fun. Uh, it's very interactive, uh, a lot of hooting and hollering from the audience. And it, it is not tied to any one fandom. It's clearly just whatever. A it's just it's yeah. It's just plain fun. What? So he, uh, he got oh, up yeah. and did a dance. Oh, he did a dance to uh, to Iron. I will Drake. try and I will try and figure out how to post this because I'm not I'm not all that. I forgot that you took savvy. a video of it. But he got up and and he danced to to uh, it was it wasn't Iron Man Thunderstruck. Yeah, from ACDC, uh, from Iron Man basically because he looked. I think he looked almost like Tony Stark that day. Yeah, uh, he totally did. So it was great. It was it was, it was amazing. He was so funny, and then he like slowly climbed back up on the stage like an old man would. He didn't like jump back up on there. And I took a picture of him. And I promised him I'd post him and tag him, and I I have not done that yet. So and if you want David J West, uh, we did a um a, an interview with him a long time ago. Uh, actually, one of the most popular episodes that we have was his interview. Um, he's an he's an author that that writes books. Um. Western horror, I don't. But, but based on Utah, yeah, based lore. on a lot of Utah lore. Uh, anyway, so just talked to him, and I thought that was a fun conversation. He just he did a great job in the panel, though. I mean, I think the old the old people were winning most of the time, even over dragons. And and then once, is that because that like is the most realistic like I think it was like, like situation. I think so. Like all the old people now, it was like, also just would, it was also just a lot of fun. It was totally fun, and, and he then was more compelling. By and far. when the yes, for sure. And when the 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 Vorgons or whoever lost, you get to pick. 
like which side you're going to go to because they they narrow it down to two. I, I will say, and the I majority will, of them came to the old age. I side. will say, when that guy got up and spoke on behalf of the Vorgons, he did a performance. Yeah, and he read poetry from Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy because yep, he had it. N- not the panelists, just a random dude in the audience. Yeah, so that's like Vorgons poetry. They love to read poetry, but it kills people because it's so awfully boring and sounds terrible, and people die from listening to it. That's how they torture people. And so he got up and he read a poem from the book. Nice. It was and it's pretty just torturous. Not, and it's just nonsense garbage. <laughs> but it was pretty funny. But yeah, so we won. The old people, you know, won because everybody's going to die of old age sooner or later, right? All right. I'm here with one of our favorite authors, David J. West. So I am asking everyone this con, if you had to tell somebody what they have to do before they go home, what would that be? I say take in as many of the people as you can. Get some good shots. You want to be able to show off all the freaks come out at night that you get to hang with. I got some good ones. <laughs> I'm Bob Wiley. Are you calling me a freak? Because I do have a sailing mast attached to my back. Is that what that is? I didn't want to presume. <laughs> Baby steps. Baby steps. Um, Ahoy. I'm a sailor. I'm a sailor. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. Welcome aboard. I like the cut of your jib. (laughs) Thank you very much. That was awesome. And you talked to uh, you talked to someone from ABC Four. Oh, really? Yeah, it was a camera guy that was talking by me, and I was like, "I'm gonna interview you," and he was like, "Okay." All right. So I am here with a Greg of ABC4 Utah, cameraman, and I'm going to ask you, what is the one thing that you would tell people coming to Salt Lake Comic Con that they must do? They should make sure they come to Comic Con in a costume because that is the best part. They will enjoy it and it's very much worth it. What's your favorite costume you've seen this year? I think I saw a Captain America and then I also saw uh, a Time Machine guy. I can't remember the shot. It might be Doctor Who. But um, he had this, like, super gadget thing on his back, and it was spinning around. It was real crazy. It was cool. Awesome. Thank you. Have a fun con. Thank you, too. Can I tell you, my favorite costumes were the the wheelchair costumes that, that parents did for Did you kids. see the one with the dinosaurs? Yes. Pulling? yes. That was so cool. So the dinosaurs one, they gave to that girl. So Salt Lake Comic Con presented that to her in their press conference before the con started. It was a special, specially made Jurassic Park uh, awesome. wheelchair thing for her, which is really cool. Yeah. And then there was the, there was the guy, the dad that did, his daughter was all dressed up as Ray and her wheelchair was turned into the, the land speeder that Ray rides in. Oh, it was amazing. There was, and he was dressed as a Jedi. I didn't see that one at Fanex. There was a little boy who had a, like a walker and they made the Millennium Falcon around it and it was, yeah, that's it was really so cool. cool. Yeah, there then, was one that we couldn't figure out. I couldn't figure out what it was. It looked like a weird sack or a shoe or something. Remember that one we walked past and the person wasn't in the wheelchair at the time, and we were trying to figure out what it was. Um, I don't. And think I'm thinking so. that if the person might have been in it, we might have been able to figure it out. But I think they must have been taking a break or something. I don't know. Uh, the other really fun costume, like obviously, we already talked about Thor and Odin. Um, but so we saw the first day, it was early, early, early the first day, uh, walking around. There were three little kids in Mandalorian Merc armor, 
so those are the bounty hunters from Star Wars for those of you that aren't geeky enough to, to know. Um, so they were in bounty hunter honor and they were little, like the oldest was maybe 10, 10 or 11 probably. Uh, and then two younger ones and they had in chains a Jedi who was their father. It was freaking awesome. And he was, he was talking to one of the vendors and he goes, he goes, well, I am kind of a slave to them. (laughs) Well, I didn't see this cosplay until after I knew it was happening, but I, I missed out on my friend's, uh, Carrie. She made, she's doing the, um, Jean Grey, but the, not Jean Grey. The Phoenix? Yes. And she had these huge feather wings, like massive. Oh, wow. And she she looked amazing, though. But yeah, I missed it. I, I love the cosplay. And we have some really, really, we have some really bad costumes. We have some really, really good costumes. There's no such thing as a bad costume. If you are putting effort into it. I don't think some people put effort into it is the problem. Yeah. Uh, and I will say this. If you're going to cosplay, do not wear the same fucking clothes three days in a row. It's disgusting. I know you think it's cool, but you're surrounded by thousands of people. I'm guilty I'm just wearing it in two days. Sorry. I disagree with this. But you though. don't stay all day both days. Uh, the majority I do, and, yeah. And I feel like people could Febreze. Mm. <laughs> you can get... <laughs> like carrying around cans. You can get... In a, <laughs> like that night when you go home, Febreze. Look, here's the problem. You gotta shower as well. <laughs> <laughs> and there are people that do not do either of them and wear the same costume. Cool, they love it. It's a great costume. I don't want to sit near you on the third day because it smells horrible. I only caught wind of a couple of those. Shouldn't catch wind of any of them. I know. And I do feel bad. I feel really bad. I don't know if I've ever talked about this on the air. So I had to roll around either Comic Con or Fanex. It must have been Fanex because it was in, in January. So I broke my leg a couple years ago. Pretty severely, I was uh, non-weight-bearing for like six months. Mine was like five months. Um, but anyway, so I was in a wheelchair for uh, Comic-Con because there's no way in hell I was going to try and rock that thing in crutches uh, like three weeks after I broke my leg. Uh, and I, I feel terrible for anyone in a wheelchair at a con because you are in the fart zone. <laughs> Motherfuckers. No. Be shitting their pants all day, crop dusting, and up hey, high. It's not even you don't always smell it. Down low, you smell nothing but butthole. I saw a lady day. complaining about her kids looking at bums. At people's bums? Yeah. Like, tell her kids like to have birthday their eyes. Like, like what? cosplaying. Huh. Like, what? Like, Wonder Woman or anybody that would be wearing any type of bodysuit like that. Yeah. Have a conversation with your kids. Yeah. For real. Yeah. That's a swimsuit. I don't even have kids. That's, yeah. Have a conversation with your kids. What they're wearing is totally fine. And Jess hates kids. So, <laughs> you know. Yes, I do. <laughs> but seriously, don't fucking be offended by that. Get over yourself. If you're offended by that, you can leave. Because they have every right to wear what they're wearing. No one, I didn't see a single costume that I thought was that risque. And I have in the past. And they don't let people in if the costumes are inappropriate. I almost had to have a come to Jesus meeting with some friends because because they you wore your Stuart are, costume once, yeah. <laughs> and you just that do. Is... I tell you a funny story about that. <laughs> so when I was back in Celebrity Row, um, my fa- one of my favorite uh, security guards came over. He literally looked me up and down to make sure I had pants on. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> and he's. I mean, he's the one that. Yeah. 
is in the picture that we've talked about before um, that got posted on their security video of like, you know, doing a good job. He was helping me out. <laughs> Anyways, I was like, don't worry. I'll have pants on this weekend. And he was like, oh, good. I might have to bring Stuart back again, though, sometime, just so you know. Maybe for Halloween Expo. Just... You just sit next to me all day like that. God damn it. <laughs> just kidding. I don't want to do that. All right, I'm here with artist Heather Dixon and artist Allie. Heather, what is the one thing you would tell convention goers that they need to do at Salt Lake Comic Con before leaving? Oh, that's a tough one. Um, something that they need to do before leaving, what'd you say? Uh, definitely get the candied nuts. Those are delicious. <laughs> Take pictures of your favorite costumes because who knows when you'll see those again. I think those are great ones. I haven't had candy nuts yet, so that's great. Thank you. That's my favorite treat at the Real Salt Lake Games. I love candied nuts. Anyway. (laughs) So I thought Comic-Con was fantastic. And what's amazing is it's in Salt Lake City. You know what else is amazing is that you and I and Jess, we're all in the same place doing things that we love, very different things. But together we saw each other, you know, only because you had to see me to give me the mic. No, that is not <laughs> true. In fact, we stopped and talked to your cousin like three different times when you weren't there yet. But you weren't there yet. And we saw was, him every morning. You looked, just happened to not be there. He looked sad and alone. <laughs> so we actually hung out with him quite a bit. but And he, we didn't have to give him anything. Um, but uh, we... <laughs> that sounded bad. But, but my point is, is, is like it... It appeals to so many people and there's some overlap and there's some things that you do on your own. And when Chris and I take the girls, sometimes, you know, we would, we would separate this time. We didn't, we, we went to all of the stuff together. We, we either agreed on it or went and did something else. But, um, we all this weekend, we were all in the same place doing stuff that we totally love, even though we weren't doing the same things, but we were in the same place. Looking at my face. It was. I it try was... not to. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. <laughs> anyway, my point is, is it it appeals? It can appeal to so many different people. You can choose to do, you know, all the fluff. You can choose to do all the serious. You can choose a little bit of it. You can choose lots of photos and and sign signings. You can choose no photos and signings. Like you, you get to choose what you do for those three days how you spend your time and what you do with it. And it's amazing. And there's so much to do. I don't know how you get bored. And if you're concerned about, I can only go for like a little while and I'm spending, you know, um, I had a coworker who wanted to take his son for the first time. And I said, well, make sure that you go on Thursday. And it just happened that this year he had Thursday off. So it worked out, but his kid didn't get out of school until four, like four fifteen, And so that's from, you know, across town to get there. And he's like, like, are we going to have enough time? And I was like, for a 10 year old, you will have plenty of like four hours is plenty of time. Like and their mind will be blown. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, if, if the money is totally worth it, the experience is worth it. Even if you're not going to buy anything, then you yep. can just take it in. Like, yeah, you don't we have actually to buy did anything. not really spend very much money oh this my year. Gosh. No, not in comparison to years past. Yeah. But part of it's because we don't, Brie and I aren't big on the photo ops and the autographs together. Um, I don't care at all about them. The girls really like them. But like I said, some of the stuff is like, now we want to buy art. We want to buy commission pieces. So that's a much bigger decision. And those are, those are more expensive. But 
we both got things we liked. We got a lot of new books mm-hmm. and and some comics and um, you know it's there's a lot to do for everyone. I'm I'm just amazed that we are still five years in having such a successful show. I mean there were well over 120,000 people. I heard rumor that they were expecting 175 on Saturday. I don't think they got that. I think 120 was their final count. Yeah. And that's I think they they I read an article they said that they we're at a point where they feel like they have the mix right now in terms of number of vendors, number of people, number of panels, number of, of, of celebrities, the types of celebrities. And I think they, they do have a pretty good mix. And I, I think if it gets much bigger than 120,000, 130,000, it be- lose its cluster. Yeah, it becomes a problem. You know, I, I also was thinking about this yesterday and today that... Like, I, I always run into Dan Farr. It doesn't matter if it's FanX or if it's Comic-Con. Um, and I always get a selfie with him. And I know that, um, was it Trent Hunsaker that said that he thinks that they would set it up to sell? I get that with every business, that's kind of like an in mind. But I really hope they don't. Like, I love that Brian and Dan are out on the floor and... You know, well, and even despite what's going on behind scenes, they're they're there and they're accessible, and it's neat to see the people that created this are still so involved there. Yeah, well, you got like Brian Call who does most of the panel scheduling and the and the panel creation stuff, and and he's involved and like he was on. um, So debate we did it. Yeah, we did a Harry Potter debate panel where they were. And he's super involved on the social media stuff too. Actually, all of all of them are except for Dan. Really, Brian is huge on the social. media. I saw Brian walking around. I noticed you posted that you never see him. I saw him. I saw that you got a photo op, a celebrity photo op with those two. Was that you? Uh, No, I didn't. No, they were sold out by the time I. It was Mike and Candy. Oh, it was Mike and Candy. <laughs> I don't know how much they spent because they had like so the no, ones no, no, but Bre- they had like oh. they had like forty. I swear to God, yeah, photo they had ops. more photo ops than you. <laughs> I, I only had one, and I won. Well, that you one. know what I mean. <laughs> but it was like like they they did like I think that they must have had ten photo ops. And you're if you've never been before that to put it into perspective for you um, the. I think both Elijah Wood and John Cusack were a hundred dollars for a photo for for a photo that lasts literally four seconds. Yeah. Like and I think you they get had in there and you're out. I mean, so some and some are super funny, but I always find them really, really awkward. It's, so. It is, it is that whole experience is weird, and that's part of why. That's why I, I, I love going it. to the tables. But instead yeah and you usually get a conversation or a brief conversation with them at a table yes especially if they're not super busy though some of them are just signed because there's so many people <laughs> but i mean like with the girls my favorite story of the photo op is still um chandler riggs who plays um carl carl on the walking oh. dead uh so this is right after the season where they have the the big pudding thing out on the roof of the house and we took, we, we got it from Jimmy because he had gotten it to do his panel and then he wasn't allowed to speak. And so Jimmy actually just gives us this, this freaking gigantic one gallon can of pudding, chocolate pudding, just like on the show. And we open it up all the way, break out spoons. And he took a picture with the girls with the pudding. His only thing was, do I have to eat any of it? <laughs> Cause he <laughs> doesn't, awesome. he doesn't want to ever eat chocolate pudding again, apparently. Um, it's just there's just lots of cool stuff like that at, at the con. Those kinds of experiences that you're not going to get. And it's else. all and 
just after reading like people's wrap up on Facebook, it really is what you make it to. Like it's got it. You got to find the magic in it too. Like you have, like you have to, you know? And I, I think that's going to do it for us. Um, for for the evening. Good, because I have to go to the bathroom because I actually <laughs> drink water today. So, yeah, follow us on... Uh, you, you can go. You don't have to wait for me, Jess. You don't need to say goodbye. Goodbye. Say goodbye now. So uh, long. As she drinks more water. i got to go to the bathroom so bad. No, that's what I do. Do you do that too? When I have to go to the bathroom, I keep <laughs> drinking water. The more I have to <laughs> go, ending. the more I drink. <laughs> so, we're, we're ending, so it's okay to drink. TheNewUtah.com. Yeah, so TheNewUtah.com. Follow us on Twitter, at TNU Podcast. Uh, hit, up, hit us up on Facebook. Um, Don't hit us. Hit Jess on Facebook. Um, <laughs> leave your kids at home because Jess hates them. Uh, and uh, have a good night. Bye.